You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Ryan LaVoy, joined by Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress today. Got a fun show on this Friday planned for you as we're going to talk about a lot of different things going on in the world of sports. We're going to kind of uh, summarize Jamari Smith's opening Summer League game uh, last uh, night against the Orlando Magic. And we're going to kind of preview his other games going on in Summer League. We also have talk about the Atlanta Braves, talk about other uh, kind of offseason nuggets in the NBA and uh, going to also talk a little bit about this conference realignment that's still going on in NCAA football and the potential moves and the ramifications of all that and that sort of thing. Uh, so a lot to talk to or talk about today. Uh, we'll also have your phone calls at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. And also going to have birthdays and sports and nightly TV guide as we always do. Ryan Brant and Cam right now. Brooks will be with us. In just a little bit, fellas, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, nice slow day. Looks like it's about to pour. Um, as Van and I were coming back from lunch, I was like, "Oh, it's about to." The sky's about to fall out, but uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Watched uh, Jabari play last night with the Rockets. Was not happy. Was happy with what Jabari did, especially on the defensive end. Was not happy with the Rockets as a whole, not giving him the ball. Um, but, yeah, doing pretty well. Spencer Strider, as we all know, another amazing historic performance last night, even though the Braves wasted it away because they couldn't manage to hit outside of two home runs from uh, Ozuna and uh, – was it Ozuna and – Harris. Harris, excuse me. Um, and it was Ozuna and Harris? Um, was it? It was. It was. Yes. Was, no, no, it was was Rosario. No, that was yesterday. That was, that was Harris yesterday. had the game tying home before. run. I don't think they had two home runs. I think Olsen had the oh. RBI hit in the tenth. Okay, okay, okay. If I remember correctly. So yeah, uh, disappointing for the bats, but another great uh, pitching performance from Strider. Um, what we've kind of seen to maybe not expect that much. You know, twelve strikeouts is. You know, definitely pretty substantial, but along the lines of that, good good outings from him. But overall, doing pretty good. Brant, what about you? Yeah, man, doing great too. I did not watch summer league basketball last night. It was because, late. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's late and it's summer league, oh, man. Dude, like I don't. It was I not don't, fun to watch. The summer the summer league is just kind of it's just kind of there. It's guys who have never played basketball together dude. before have had maybe um like 
five or six practices with each other. You know, you're not going to see the best basketball. But did watch some highlights. Jabari, uh, you know, his offensive games there. He had a couple of rebounds as well. And, you know, I, I really think that when you get Jabari with the real Rockets and not the Summer yeah. League Rockets, he's going to get more of a chance to show off a little bit. Uh, the Braves, I mean, disappointing ending to that game, but definitely let, let's talk more about Spencer Strider and everything he did. We talked about him on the show yesterday, JJ and I did, for the first uh, 20 minutes or so, talked about the Braves, and we brought up Spencer Strider, how you know he's not that complex of a pitcher, and everyone's saying, well, he throws over 100, he's got a nasty slider, but that's really all he has, and he's working on a changeup, but, you know, so, you know, everybody thought he was going to be a closer. Well, you bring him in, he can throw 102 for 100 yeah. pitches, yeah. you know, yeah, so. it's crazy. It, he's, he's really, he's worked himself into that starting role, and, you know, is just setting records all over. Uh, his first nine outs were all strikeouts last night. That's insane. You don't really see that from a guy who's, how old is he, 23 I think he's early early twenties. He's a young guy. A guy that had Tommy John in college. Or yeah. this guy's already recovered from a major God. surgery. Yeah, uh, you know uh, he got he's, that dog in him for real. <laughs> but yeah, I mean three pitch guy, but he executes all three of them really really well and throws over a hundred consistently. So uh, a guy that you know the the future of the Braves looks bright with this rotation. And even though you dropped that game last night, you didn't hit very well. The pitching was spectacular for most of the game and. Hopefully, going forward, you can uh, you can really take advantage of the rotation that's building for the Braves right now. And we will talk a little bit more at length about the Braves coming up in just a little bit. I want to hit on summer league uh, because it pertains more to Auburn, and uh, you guys already brought it up a little bit. And it is important because I know a lot of people are probably watching some of their first summer league ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Given that there are more Auburn guys to care about now, maybe people saw some Okoro stuff. Uh, but, but you know, I think it's important to remember that first and foremost, and this is also for when players are playing with other players, but also when they're playing well against these guys, uh, these guys are all trying to make a team. Yes. They're all trying to kind of show off a little bit. Yeah, it's, and, it's a lot of selfish basketball. And half these guys won't make the NBA. Uh, nope. Some of them will be on two-way deals. There's probably, if I had to guess, if I went through the rosters on every single team, on average, two to three of these guys will be on an NBA roster next yeah. year. There's yeah, going to be sure. some of these teams, like I could say like the Lakers, for instance, that might not have a single one that, that yeah. make their roster. Um, so it's important to remember that because also, you know, for instance, two nights ago, Chet Holmgren, or three nights ago, Chet Holmgren looked like uh, Dirk. I right. mean, he looked incredible. He was great. Um, and and that's nice rounds. and all that. Um, and then Kenneth Lofton Jr. the next day, you know, took him in the basket a couple times and made it look like the wind blew and yeah. Holmgren fell over. So <laughs> um, so last night, you know, if we're being honest, Bancaro played better than Jabari. But, but also we all saw, as Cam alluded to, Jabari have certain situations where he's wide open and – other guys doing his thing but i think what's important and you know looking at jabari's play in particular if we're analyzing that uh he did play hard defensively Dang. and he showed the desire to go to the basket he had three or four good drives to the basket one of them mancaro did block mm -hmm. but he also had a couple finishes and one of them was when uh their head the houston rockets head coach uh jb bickerstaff was uh was watching the game uh, was on the on the TV broadcast. Or, no, no, Stephen Silas. Uh, Stephen Silas. I'm sorry, not Jay. Another son of another coach. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, Stephen Silas was was on the broadcast, 
and he was mid-sentence, and Jabari went to the basket, had a layup, and then yep. just stopped what he was saying. <laughs> and he's like, that was nice. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the important thing is Jabari's saying all the right things. He's said he's going to work hard. It looks like he's uh, working tremendously hard on defense and that sort of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, we will not try and overanalyze any of this because it is summer league. And, again, the context is that most of these guys will not end up in the National Basketball Association. But – um, you know, it's exciting to see, and this goes back to what the NBA has done, making it a year-round product. It's exciting to see these guys get an opportunity so fresh off the heels of being drafted because I feel like we were just talking about the lead-up to the draft just, just a couple of weeks ago, and now right. these guys are in uniform. Yeah, getting some, some real playing time. It, it was just Jabari is arguably you – could, you could probably make a bit of an argument with, with Josh Christopher. He's the best – player on this summer league roster uh josh christopher played 79 nba games last year he you know already has that experience because i mean watching him play every time he touched the ball the ball was going up <laughs> it was he was score first mentality and he had some really good buckets but there were also some questionable ones where i'm like man just pass the ball give it up and same with dashi and nicks where nicks has has not been on a roster so i understand he was in the g league last season um, you know, I understand he was trying to be aggressive at some points in time and some point in time, but there were just moments where I'm like, man, just give Jabari the ball. If you're feed, feed Jabari just a little bit more. I know you're trying to make your thing. And with Josh Christopher, I didn't really understand it. Cause he's going to be on the Rockets roster next, like this season, he's going to be playing, you know, maybe he just wanted to just play to play, show off a little bit, whatever. Um, excuse me. Um, do his thing but you know overall it, it just kind of seemed like with paulo and the magic their ball movement was a lot better just overall than it was for the rockets it just seemed like there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one ball which again you like you said you know it, it's summer league so a lot of these guys are trying to make rosters and and i totally understand that um but you know tari eason, eason taking 17 shots you know Christopher taking 18, Jabari only getting 10, where, I mean, he got 10, you know, he got some good looks, but there were some looks where he kind of forced it because he felt like he had to because nobody was giving the ball in the right situation. Um, so it was kind of frustrating to watch a little bit, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, man, just pass the ball, like, just move the ball a little bit more. I feel like that would give you a bigger impact overall than just trying to force the ball and score it, you know, and and – Shot selection overall, you know, just things like that were, were a little bit frustrating to watch. But um, still overall promising, um, especially on the defensive end for Jabari. He seemed like he was uh, the defensive anchor, um, just talking and, and communicating with everybody all over on the floor for the Rockets and, and saying, hey, everybody, you guard this guy, you take this guy. I got Paolo, I got whoever I got. Um, and so that along the lines was, was good to see where he – um, and, and Steven Silas also said where, you know, it's it's rare to have a player that is defensive minded first, but has that offensive prowess where it's really like, man, this guy's still a threat. But on the defensive side of the ball, he's coming and he wants to lock down the best player on the floor. Um, so that was really good to see. Really nice to hear him um, hear Jabari bragged on like that. Cam, you might know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you it directly or maybe Brent knows as well. I, I, sir, I don't. Um, I was trying to think about the other Auburn guys that are playing in the summer league. I know JT Thor will suit up for the uh, Hornets here in a couple hours for the first time uh, this summer. I don't believe, and I'm not sure why, maybe you've seen, I don't believe Walker Kessler is playing for the Jazz. He's not. 
Uh, do you know the reason behind that? I don't. Or? I, I, I actually, because I watched the Jazz, and uh, I think I watched the Jazz Memphis game um, a little bit, and I noticed that Walker was not there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very curious as to why he wasn't either. I, I have no idea. Maybe just has the trade it, been officially completed I was completed about to say, yet? is there any chance that that trade has not gone through I, I saw someone ask that question. Thought. I saw someone ask that question a couple days ago, and the trade is official. It's official? The trade has gone yeah, through. Yeah, you know what? They introduced Gobert in Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they so got to go through some logistical stuff for him. Maybe he's, I mean, the man's been... You know, kind of I, been traded I, twice. Yeah, already, I yeah. mean, so maybe he just kind of <laughs> has been moving around. So they didn't put him on the summer league roster. Maybe they filled up all their spots before. Yeah. Before, uh, before the trade, because I would have loved to have seen Walker Absolutely. in the summer league for sure, just to get his feet wet a little bit. Well, and, and, and you know, depending on what Utah does here in the next month or so, and the rest of free agency, I mean, Walker figures to get a good help oh, yeah. playing time. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, if he had not been in that trade and he was behind both Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, I don't see him playing much at all in Minnesota. But he playing in Utah, I'm trying to think of their current big men situation. I mean, they have, I guess, Hassan is a restricted free agent, I think. Yeah, maybe so not he officially might be on the back. roster. And they have one more guy that I don't even remember his name, um, who was their third guy. Do they have favors still? Derek Favors? Favor? I don't know. I don't think. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It seems slim there. But um, but the chances of Walker playing are extremely high. I, I yeah. As soon as that trade went through, I was like, oh, he's going to get some playing time now for real, like some some real deal playing time. So that's going to be exciting to see for him that, where he's getting that that legit experience right off the bat um, as a rookie. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting nevertheless to see these Auburn guys. Um, I can tell you that, again, JT Thor, he'll be – uh, probably a pretty significant uh, get pretty significant playing time with oh, the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, that will be a five o'clock ESPN two game. Sharif and then is going to get minutes uh, with Atlanta. Yeah. That's the third one I was thinking of uh, to get playing time or, or, or to be on a summer league roster. Um, and if you're looking out for that, uh, they're actually playing the Jazz tomorrow. Yep. That's an ESPN three game though. Uh, and then the next opportunity to watch Jabari will be tomorrow night around the same time, seven o'clock ESPN two. The number two pick Chet Holmgren. Versus right, the number three right. pick, Jabari Smith. Let's go to our first commercial break of the show today. On the other side, we'll go to our Auburn Bank phone line. James from Montgomery will join the show right after this timeout. to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au i'm Britt bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Filling in for JJ today, I'm Ryan LaVoy with Cam Berry and Brant Offrey. Brooks Childress will join us in just a little bit. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free, one 888 9 James from Montgomery. James will join us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I'm actually just uh, watching my Dallas uh, Mavericks right now in the summer league, and it's not really looking good for us. 
Well, I mean, it, it is really early, and, and, and of course, it is uh, summer league, as you said. But I mean, you're only down four points right now, so I mean, it's 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 quite early. Yeah, so I mean, with those four points, I'm actually looking at some of the new uh, draft prospects that we actually got uh, this year. So when the season actually starts, probably I should say like probably like mid August, mid September, then I'll just probably see how how things will go in the regular season of the of the uh, Dallas Mavericks roster as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the regular season will matter. Uh, quite a bit more. I know Dallas did not have a high draft pick because they were obviously made the uh, Western Conference Finals and had a good team this year, and uh, obviously what Luca was able to do. But uh, yeah, hopefully Dallas can uh, repeat uh, the season they had last year. Yes, that's all. Because I mean, when we actually repeat last year, last season to this season, I think I'll, I'll probably see some of the newer newer guys that are coming in into the league this year and probably seeing what what it's really going to take yeah no and uh any guys that will be new in the team obviously you lost Jalen brunson to the knicks you brought in javel mcgee who's a quality center and uh you're going to have another year of spencer dinwiddie you're going to get tim hardaway jr back healthy who was uh, out a lot of last year so you got a lot of moving parts beside luca but i think as long as you have luca you're going to be a pretty good basketball team yeah as well because i'm pretty sure if we do need like some key pieces. I'm I'm pretty sure with uh, Kevin Durant, I'll probably see him play with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm I'm very sure on that one as well. You said who would play with the Dallas Mavericks? Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. I don't know if they're going to be able to trade for him, uh, James. I mean, I know that uh, every team in the league would love to have him, but uh, I don't know if Dallas has the right kind of assets that what uh, Brooklyn was looking for. Brooklyn is looking for a lot of players and picks for Kevin Durant. Yes, that's well, because I know um, he's been bouncing around from team to team, and I know he wants to play with uh, with LeBron James and, and, the, uh, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'll probably see him actually team up with, with, uh, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis just to – See if they're going to actually have him as a championship uh, contender this year. Well, I, I know the I know Kyrie Irving definitely wants to go play with the Lakers from everything that we're understanding. But uh, Durant also playing there would really be something else. I, I know that Durant wants to play for a good team, and I know he still likes Kyrie Irving. It seems to be uh, true that he would still like to play with Kyrie Irving. But uh, it would be tough for the Lakers to swing all of that. But uh, certainly Kevin Durant – uh, is going to end up somewhere if he, if he does get traded. As a matter of fact, uh, he will end up somewhere where uh, they can be competitive. Yes, that's well. And then with our Atlanta Braves, I'm I'm pretty sure that we might make it to this year's World Series, but that's too far out to determine. So with the big win, well, with the loss that we had um, last night, I'm just going to see how we're going to do tonight and. For the for the remaining of the season, I mean, for the remaining of the schedule that we have um, at home as well. Yeah, you told us you uh, you bet on that Braves game last night. Bet on the Braves win. So I hate that you lost that one, but uh, are you going to bet on the Braves again anytime soon? Uh, yes, I'm actually doing that as well. So um, I'm seeing if the Braves are going to actually make a good comeback tonight as well. Because I mean, I mean, we are like you know with the radio station that we have in Auburn. I know we always do 
Braves uh, Braves, uh, baseball on our network. So that's a really good thing that we are affiliate with the Braves as well. Yes, we are, James. It's one of our uh, sister stations, 1230 WAUD. You can hear every single Braves game in the area, and uh, they'll be uh, ready to roll again tonight as long as weather is permitting. Yes, that's well. So I'm just trying to see who's going to be uh, the Atlanta Braves start, starting pitcher for tonight. So I'm not quite sure on who's going to who's going to be actually uh, pitching uh, for tonight as well. Yeah, James. Tonight the starter is going to be Charlie Morton. Is going to be uh, going to be on the hill. Okay, so I think he's a really good guy, and um, I, I'll probably see um, another World Series. Um, title coming to Atlanta Braves uh, real soon. No, well, that would be awesome, James. We're certainly uh, looking forward to it, and uh, I know that uh, Braves have played pretty well here as of late. So hopefully, uh, they can continue that. What else is on your mind today? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, looking at uh, the selection show for the All Star break uh, this coming up week as well, because I know uh, the All Star break. The All-Star Weekend is right around the corner, so I'm going to see um, who's actually going to be playing uh, in this year's uh, All-Star Weekend uh, big game in uh, Los Angeles as well. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that, and uh, we know Ronald Acuna Jr. will be there for the Braves, and we figure at least a couple other Braves will be there. What's your favorite part of All-Star Weekend? Uh, um, I've been watching so many All-Star uh games and the only thing that i like about it is the home run derby i think a lot of people like the home run derby that uh that should be exciting i'll, I'll be really curious to see uh which uh which players get to, uh, get to be in that home run derby that'll be exciting yes that's well because i um i've been you know voting putting in all the different players i want to see actually playing in the all-star uh game as well and i put um I put Aaron Judge in there. I put uh, Mike Trout in there and other uh, great uh, home run hitters that, that I want to see uh, hit a home run as well this year. Yeah, I think everybody would be thrilled to see those guys uh, participate in it. Aaron Judge leads the leads Major League Baseball in home runs with 30, and obviously Mike Trout's always been uh, an incredible player and a great power hitter as well. So, uh, th- those would be some pretty good picks, James. We should let you get to decide all of that. Yes, that's all because when it comes to uh, deciding a lot of different big games like that, um, I always look at you know the the, uh, the stats, and I always look at a lot of different things that goes into a uh, into a great game like All Star Weekend as well. Absolutely, absolutely. What else is on your mind? Well. I'm actually going to be looking at the uh, All-Star uh, week for the WNBA and seeing uh, the selection show, which is today and tomorrow, which they're going to be doing. Um, they're going to be doing like the selection of who's going to be playing in Sunday's game of, uh, of the All-Star weekend for the WNBA as well. So they're going to be showing that. And then uh, Saturday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, they're going to be doing a three-point uh, contest, which is on ESPN as well. Oh, wow. So a lot of All-Star games taking place this time of year then. Yes, as well. So it's um, it's 
It's an all-star weekend as well. And then plus in NASCAR, they're going to be doing uh, the playoff, uh, the actual playoff uh, selection as well. So that's going to be um, a really great, um, a huge uh, thing that's going to be on uh, later on today. They're Well, today they're actually doing the uh, the Camping World Truck uh, Cup race right now. And then tomorrow would be the qualifying for the Atlanta uh, Xfinity Series as well. That's on Saturday. And then Sunday is the um, big race out of Atlanta as well. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, of course they won't have the uh, they won't have the start of the playoffs for another month or so because that's after the Daytona race. But uh, there's, this is their second trip to Atlanta this year. We did promise you a trivia question or two about Atlanta. So, do you want a trivia question? Uh, yes, I do. Who won this? Uh, this is obviously the second, like I said, the second Atlanta race of the year. Who won the first Atlanta race this year? Mm, the first one. I would have to say that would be Chase Elliott that won the first one. That's a good guess, but he did not win the first one. Actually, I'll give you a hint, though. One of his teammates at Hendrick Motorsports won that first race. Um, I would have to say it would be Ty Dillon. Not quite. Uh, not Ty Dillon. He's uh, a decent driver, but does not drive for Hendrick Motorsports. Do you know who the driver of the 24 car is? Because that's who won it. Um, um, I would have to say, oh, I'll have to pass on this one. Okay, I, I'll cry. That's okay. It'll be William Byron. William Byron is who won the uh, the first Cup Series race. He's been uh, been really good this year, top five in points this year. So. I wouldn't have got that one either, James. <laughs> So yeah, a little bit of yes, actually, actually because William Byron, I did put him in my uh, NASCAR fantasy lineup uh, last uh, season. Yeah, it, so close then, so close. And uh, who do you want to see this uh, win this week, James? Um, I would have to say, I would have to say, I'll see uh, Bubba Bubba Wallace actually win this one. There you go, James. He's he's had a bad year this year, but uh, he's uh, he's had some competitive races recently. So hopefully he can get back up there. And this this race uh, this race is going to be a little more open than it used to be because there's going to be uh, some drafting and that stuff. So uh, anyone could win this weekend. So we like that pick. Final thoughts for us before we let you go, James. Um. Well, I'm just going to see how the Auburn football. Um, thing is actually going to do this year because um, I'm i actually really excited to see uh, what Zach Calzada is going to bring to the table this season. Yeah, I think everyone is now going to be counting, day, counting down the days to college football season, that's for sure. Well, we appreciate yes, the time, James. Yes, as well. So I would um, probably touch up on the Auburn football uh, season on Monday. Sounds good, James. We hope you have a great weekend. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go to our next commercial break of the show. On the other side, birthdays and sports. This is the Friday edition of Sports Call.
Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Tiger Weather, brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union. Finance with family at Auburn University Credit Union. Low rates, fast approvals, and easy application process. Apply online at myaucu.org. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 on the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. And, of course, uh, just had a good phone call right there with James from Montgomery. If you missed any of that, check it out on the Sports Call podcast, wherever you may get your podcast. Ryan Brant and Cam with you right now on this kind of cloudy Friday afternoon, keeping track of the weather and it seems to still be staying st- south of here. Excuse me. Uh, but... Uh, might rain today. I know Brooks, when he joins us, he'll be also leaving us a little early, too. Uh, he'll be going to the Montgomery Biscuits game. They've had some rain around Montgomery, but not too much rain, I don't think, at the stadium. So hopefully get that one in, and Brooks can enjoy that one. Before we go any further in the show today, however, let's do this. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports today on July the 8th. And we'll start off with Vic Beasley, who turns 30, free agent edge rusher. Beasley was a three-sport athlete in high school, the number 39 overall recruit in his recruiting class. He signed with Clemson, where he's a two-time All-ACC player, two-time All-American, and one-time ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He left the Tigers as the school's all-time leader in sacks. He was drafted eighth overall in the 2015 draft by the Atlanta Falcons and is a one-time Pro Bowler. He, uh, he had an absolutely insane one year, uh-huh. and then I don't think he ever hit five sacks again. Cam looked at me in a, a slightly disgusted nature. He, uh, Vic Beasley <laughs> was such a one-hit wonder. Oh, god! The, the year the Falcons went to the Dude. Super Bowl, he led the NFL in sacks. He was Literally. so good. Um, the and, purest and just, definition of one-hit wonder. And just, I, again, like I don't think he ever hit five sacks. Oh, we thought he was going to be so good. He was. He was so good. For oh, 16 games. He thought he was going to be <laughs> so good for so long. And he didn't learn anything new. That's really what it was. Was he, he was good that one year, and then he didn't develop his game, and then he got lazy. And hmm. it just all fell yeah. apart. And he's, he's been bouncing from team to team. And like, 30? Like, you think he's a, a free agent at this point? Yeah. Yep, Vic Beasley turns 30 today. Thanks for the one year, Vic. <laughs> Ty Happy Jer- birthday. Ty Jerome turns 25, guard for the OKC Thunder. Jerome was a four-star in high school and played at Virginia. After his sophomore season, he declared for the 2019 draft and was drafted 24th overall by the Suns. There was something written here, and I agree with. I just wanted to get all the other stuff out first. Then we'll circle back to three simple words. He did. He double dribbled. He double dribbled. He doubled. Ty Jerome double dribbled. Uh, but nevertheless, a national champion at Virginia. Ty Jerome turns 25 today. <laughs> I don't like Ty Jerome. 
I like how I like how about Ty Jerome. Happy birthday to him. Whatever. I don't like the guy. I don't. It's. I like how we've got Vic Beasley and Ty Jerome back to back. Yeah. That makes me sad. I dare you guys to hate this third person who I've never heard of before. Bucky Bockhorn turns nope. 89. Former NBA guard Bockhorn played at Dayton where he led the Flyers to two NIT tournaments and a combined three-year record of 69-17. Back then, the NIT was bigger than the NCAA tournament, so that's probably yeah. actually a big deal. He was selected 17th overall yeah. in the 1958 draft by the Cincinnati Royals. Played for seven years, and in one game, he and Oscar Robinson became the first teammates to post a triple-double in the same game in NBA history. He that's is dope. in the Dayton Hall of Fame. Hate on that. Bucky Bockhorn yeah, turns I, 89. I'll be honest. I, I did birthdays for this day. I, I wrote all of that. And finding birthdays for this was pretty hard. But Bucky Bockhorn, like, you go back, you look at some of his stats. At As a Dayton Flyer, that dude was nuts. <laughs> that dude. I mean, like I said, I think his number's retired by Dayton as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. He was a he was a, a real, real freak of a basketball player in college. And I, I – don't it, like I said, he didn't last super long in the NBA. I think injuries may have had something to do with that, but he is a legend at Dayton. What if I was just slinging around out here and I was just like, yeah, one of the nine best Cincinnati Royals of all time. <laughs> 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 Prove me wrong, I dare yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, do we want to look up the Cincinnati oh, Royals really? all-time leading scorers? <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, but uh, birthdays today: Vic Beasley turns thirty, Ty Drummond turns twenty-five, and Bucky Bockhorn. Turns 89. Those are birthdays in sports today. While we do research on the Cincinnati Royals, um, you know, this uh, this NBA summer. Now, Cincinnati ahead. Royals, yep. now the Sacramento Kings. Ah. Again, like one of the nine best yeah, players. Right, right. <laughs> um, Kings Summer League, I'll tell you what, the bad teams in Summer League, they're always the more interesting team because they have more of the draftees. They right. have more of the guys that actually – going to be on playing. the team you know right. i mean like uh like you know granted the lakers weren't very good last year but they've got a bunch of old guys they didn't have a high draft pick so it's their summer league roster is just not going to be uh it, it's entertaining from the sun standpoint yes. I, I shouldn't say it's not entertaining like scotty pippen jr and sharif o'neill um, i was surprised that scotty pippen jr didn't get drafted i just wanted to throw that in there I was he, I was surprised by that but he's I just kind of undersized yeah i was gonna say maybe yeah. it's just because he's kind of small but yeah. i mean Sharif was small, so uh, Sharif is smaller. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, he was getting buckets in the Sh- SEC. I I just I was he surprised. Was. I was surprised. He was he was the only good player on a on really Vanderbilt. really bad yeah. ba- Vanderbilt team. So I think I, I he he was the focus, fair. and I think that padded his stats a little bit. I I'm with you. I thought that he was going to get drafted, even even if he was a a second rounder. Right. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, but I he was good I, enough I'm to not, get drafted. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it just happens yeah. with those with those experienced college guys. Also, I think he was at Manny what three years. Yes, um, and we an long talked about the. Well, we just you know it, it, I don't think it's indictment as much as it just the NBA values the developmental time so I much. Mean, yeah, and you know it's a guy. You know I, I know he had injury issues, but the reason Malcolm Brogdon went in the second round a few year, or several years back now in Virginia is why these. College lifers, I mean, they, they choose to stay in college, and that's great for the college game, but it's really hard to be a multi-year guy and improve draft stock if you've year got anything year. wrong with yeah. you. You know, because, like, I, I know one example of a guy that improved it a little bit was Wendell Moore Jr. at Duke this year mm-hmm. who got picked late first round, like last right. few picks of the first round. If he had played like this his first year at Duke, he would have gone pro and been in the lottery. For sure. Um, so 
it, he's basically penalized for being in the in college at Duke for two two extra years, right. even as great as a program Duke is. So that's part of it. Um, it's also funny that Sharif O'Neal went pro. Yeah. After what three a game yeah. at LSU? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that one. He's a name. It's got to be. He's got to be a name, yeah. right? Because he was never super impressive in college. Like he's he the, was, none of none of the O'Neal boys are Shaquille. Okay, like and well, oh, uh, never will be. N- n- yeah, but no, none of them are. In in the like one, the tallest of them is like six six. The one for starters underneath Sharif. I don't know all of the Shakir. So Shakir. Shakir is supposedly I, uh, pretty good. I I called Shakir w- when I was back in Georgia. I was working for the Middle Georgia Sports Network. I did play-by-play for Shakir O'Neal's last high school game. Yeah, he is okay. He's a he's a three and D wing, um, and I mean he's, I I he didn't exactly light it up. Yeah, Shakir, that's exactly what I was thinking of because Miles doesn't. I don't think Miles even plays basketball. Um, <laughs> interesting. I love the legacy guys like that, and I definitely am all about taking flyers. Like I remember, I don't know if anybody remembers this guy. It was about ten years ago at UCF, um, Marcus Jordan. Yes, that that Jordan, uh, oh, oh, son of Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and Marcus wore the go- goggles. He averaged like 14, 15 a game at UCF. In the scheme of things, you know, not going to be Michael recognized oh, as a no. great basketball player yeah. at all. Not going to be a draft guy. But I'm just like, you know, with that last name, I just want to make hard. sure we've seen Gosh, everything so we hard. can. <laughs> you know, yeah, right? you like make sure. Like with with all of LeBron's kids, I know LeBron's kids are dude. pretty notable. They're going to end up pretty good. Dude, dude. But but let's just say Bryce wasn't good. Uh, Bronny's further along. Let's say Bryce was not that good for whatever reason. He's going to get chances. I would do it anyway. Yeah, I would do. You know the Antetokounmpo brothers. I do. Yeah, they've kind of proved they're not very good. Other than obviously Giannis, who's great. I'm fine with them just sitting there, just in case we miss something. Right, right. Uh, just in case they're late bloomers. And I know that's probably not fair to the to the other guys, but. Just like if I'm talking about my last summer league spot, or if I'm talking about just last G League spot, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, let me just see it. <laughs> let, let me let me just see with my own two eyes. Make we sure we don't have right. all the blood yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, you should look at Marcus Jordan. He was a nice little I, player. I will at UCF. say. I will say one thing though with with LeBron's kids. You you can see that it, it's it's there. They already got the bunnies and everything. It's yeah. there. Um. And I did see, however, because this is going to be Bronny's senior year this year, c- upcoming, correct? Yeah, I believe so. And nobody knows anything about his recruitment. Like, nothing. Well, because in, in theory, he doesn't uh, – we should start the one-and-done stuff again, aren't we? Our, Will he have uh, to go to college? Is that going to be implemented by – It was supposed to be. Right, it was supposed to be. By, right? the end of, uh, by next year. By I, next year, did I don't really know if that ever came to fruition or either. anything like that. That would be interesting if if that does end up coming up. Then maybe he's just yeah, just gonna go to the league, which would be. I feel like right. as he stands right or now, he's probably going G League anyway. I don't know yeah, that, but, but like, does know, does maybe, LeBron James Jr. need to go see, to college for a year? I mean, why not? No, though? no, but but oh, that experience aspect, yeah. you know, playing in the, I mean. Playing around, you know, well, if, yeah, you're, if you're in a whatever program you decide to go to, I would assume that he's going to be amongst with the top, right? Because he's LeBron James' kid, but he is also an extremely talented basketball player. Um, 
I mean, that experience is unmatched. I think there is more of a risk going to college because he could have a bad year. Yeah. But the the new element to all this is quite simply he could get $5 million. Right. To go to to Kansas or Duke yes. or, or whoever. Easily. Um, and FYI, for those that don't know how the rookie contracts work, $5 million is like being like a, a top 12 pick. It's like you're already being picked high. I mean, I think the number one pick gets around $9 million or $9.5 million yeah. per year, and you might get 7 or $8 million down. And then around 10 or 11, you're probably at $5 million already, $4 million. So it's like being a top 10 or 11 pick. And you get I, in my, you're, some people don't care, but I would find it really cool to be able to be, um, you know, in a college environment for you. Yes, right. Because you know, okay, cool. The classes don't matter. You can really, if you're you're LeBron James' son, you can learn anything that you need to learn, business wise, on the side of basketball, whatever you're going to do, from any of LeBron's friends. Right. So you don't really need to go to school for that. Obviously, you don't need to have a degree to be an agent. That's been done by Rich Paul. Um, Whatever you want to do. Austin makes a really good point. Does Ohio State finally get a James? That's a good point, because that's probably where LeBron would have went if he had gone to college was Ohio State. Very likely Um, that he was he talks in retrospect that he really loved Duke and Carolina. But Ohio State would have been hard to say no to. Right. Because he loves Ohio State. Um, so I, I would, I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out in the next year because he's going to have to make a decision soon unless, unless that one and the one and done thing goes away. Cause you know, with the G league thing, you know, he could do that, but he doesn't need the money. So I'd rather be playing on TV with the national exposure and see all, you know, do all that. The, but here's, just here's the thing. The here's, and, I mean, here's, whatever. here's the thing about the whole national exposure thing. You are LeBron James Jr. Yes. Your games are going to be televised if you go to the – they will put cameras on you. Yeah, yeah. They will put cameras on you if you're LeBron James Jr. G League's just – Look, I, I don't love know, the G League either. It's just either. not college, you know? Like, no, it's not. It's not that national exposure. But at the same – does does Bronny care? Uh, you know, and he might. And he might. And he might, right. I don't uh, know. I mean, the college exposure I, – I, I think the college experience is something that can't be matched – um yeah and i and, I think you saw right, that this right, past season right. i think i think if you're a guy who feels like he has top 10 has top five potential but you're ranked in the top 15 i think college is the way to go because right. of that national exposure you are not such a big name and i mean we saw that this year with jabari smith right. jabari smith was supposed to be a top 15 pick ended up going number three because of what he did at auburn right but again lebron james jr People know who that oh, yeah. is. Right. Oh yeah. They've so, known who he is since the so, day he was. So born. that's gonna yeah, and so that's gonna draw content or viewers yeah. however whichever way it happens. Where wherever he goes. There there will be cameras yeah. on those games because LeBron right. will be in attendance. Yeah. Forget about the fact that his son is playing. Only got about four minutes left in the hour, so we will take uh, retire Ward MC's phone call to start hour number two. So uh, let's just I guess four more minutes of this. Um let's take LeBron Let's take his name out. Let's just say this is John Doe. He's a good player. Okay. We like him. He's coming out of L.A. Um, two four seven has him ranked as the number forty six. Uh, this is their composite. The number forty six player in the country. Number top seven 50, shooting guard. Top fifty yep. player in the country. <sighs> but I mean, here's my thought though. Does his name inflate that? 
No, 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 no. I'm, again, we're taking the name yeah, out. Of okay, this. okay, okay. If you're just looking at the number forty-six player in the country, you're not saying that that is somebody that should be um, straight to straight to the NBA. No, right, I agree. that would be exactly. someone that does right. need to go to college. Yes, I agree yes. for sure. And at that point, it's just like I feel like you would be better off to go to a top ten college program. Yes. That you felt you could play a lot at. Mm-hmm. Find the right program, not necessarily the most loaded program to right win fit. a college championship, yeah, but find a big program that can highlight your talent. Can, you can play 20 minutes game at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the G League route makes sense. I don't personally like that route, as I think you guys are right. in agreement of. Yeah. It, there will be exposure no matter what, but I, 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 I just I can't fathom a situation where I could care so little about college that not only do I not want one year of being the, the big man on campus, Come on. but also now that I can make more money in college than I can just being in the G League. Right. I, you can make endorsement deals in the G League, but again, I mean, we're talking, if you go to one of these blue blue blood programs, I mean, you're getting millions. Yeah. Um, and, and so the only thing that 247's recruiting profile has on him for college list, name me the top four programs in the totality of college basketball history. Duke. Yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Kansas. Uh, yeah. One more. Uh, who do Wake we, Forest. I don't know. Who, who is Auburn not like? Kentucky. Virginia. Yeah. No, Kentucky. Kentucky. I was going to say Virginia. <laughs> I was like, yes, I don't think that's but, right. But not, uh, not quite a blue blood. Yeah. Those are the four so the colleges basics. on the list. And it's saying cool on all four no real traction with any of them but that's the nobody four knows. but on the list literally so, nobody knows anything about what, lo- yep. what what he's thinking and that blows my mind because he's such a big name but lebron is so good about keeping everything close to the chest yep. like you're not knowing anything lebron uh, about lebron anything. controls his own narrative yes, you're not you're not knowing he has anything the ability to do unless so. he wants you to know and and I mean, to be such a big name, I commend it because that is and with it's, and to keep it's hard that to within keep his, it that yes, down it's low, so yeah. hard, especially with your son. You know he's gonna get looks, and I'm sure he's gotten plenty of letters. Right? It just you just don't know where was he thinking? What like where's yeah. he gonna go? I'm really wondering because you said LeBron James when he was coming out of high school in Ohio <sighs> was basketball Jesus, Dude, right? Yep. Everybody knew Dude. he was supposed to be something special. Yep. You just highlighted Bronny is the 46th best player in this class. Yep. Uh, I'm wondering, like, what are the expectations of, of Bronny when he gets to the NBA, when he gets to college? Probably too high. It, very uh, much yeah. too high. I'm, I'm reminded. dad. Yeah, I was about to. The greatest of all time. So. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> picturing just... it like next to. You know, and Arch Manning is what comes to mind immediately. And okay. Arch Manning is supposed to be really, really great. He's the number one player in his class, which Bronny is not. But I'm wondering, like, man, what what are the expectations that are placed on this kid? Like, how if he does not come in and just change the shape of the sport, are people going to treat him like a bust? When really he's a he's a good player, but right. he just didn't rise to those game changing expectations. Right. I think if you can just be an average player in the NBA, if you're LeBron James Jr. That's success because yeah. you're not going to be your dad. Nobody's going to be LeBron, right? Nobody's going to be LeBron again. What LeBron has done to the game or just how he's just been dominant from year one. Nobody's going to do that, right? But if you can at least be decent and get substantial playing time and contribute to an NBA team, 
that's a win. And with if if you're LeBron and you're going to team up with your dad because he's already said whatever team LeBron ends up or whatever team Bronny ends up in with, I'm going. That's what LeBron has said. I'm I want to play with him in the in the NBA. Not consensus on the show that LeBron is the goat, but. Uh, Anyway, um, um, I did greatest wanna, versus best. Well, that's, a, that's how I split those. Exactly, years. exactly. With a few seconds left, by the way, Marcus Jordan's numbers. He did average exactly 15 a game at UCF his Woo. junior year, and then 14 a game his senior year. Needless to say, though, did not make the NBA. And of time or out of time, excuse me, for our number one more sports call after this timeout. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two getting underway of the Friday edition of Sports Call. I'm Ryan LaVoy, joined by Brant Daughtry, Cam Barry today. And uh, fun hour number one discussing the sons of famous great athletes uh, at the so end of our end of hour number one. And uh, talk basketball all day. <laughs> also had a good phone call from James from Montgomery, and also did birthdays in sports. If you missed any of that, check it out on our Sports Call podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, wherever you might get. Your podcast, 334-887-3401 locally, toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 are the numbers if you want to talk to us today on this Friday edition of Sports Call. And as promised, to open up our number two, Wardam Steve. Retired Wardam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Hey, guys. Um, how's your day been going? Uh, it's been going good. Fitting off some good. rain here and uh, just trying to get through a fun Friday. Okay, well, uh, let's see if I can keep making your day uh, less uh, happy then. Oh, no. Uh, who's taking care of business today? Uh, Jay, uh, did you say who's taking care of business today? Who's taking care of business today on the radio show? It's you, Ron, and who uh, else? Yeah, I, I thought, I was going to say, well, usually our term is taking care of company business yeah, if you're off the yeah, show. I'm talking about uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, it's um, the show today? myself, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry. Okay, so you guys, I applaud you and commend you for uh, taking the risk that it involves you taking these phone calls. <laughs> yeah, all good. All right, so guys, I'll be uh, unusually characteristic, uncharacteristically short today. I just want to call you and uh, hope you guys have a fun and relaxing weekend and a safe one. And I'd like to take more time maybe next week, but I want to give you a heads up if you'll maybe uh, be uh, considering to read this article from The Athletic. Okay. It's entitled, What's the Big Ten Seismic Move? means for college football's TV future. 
It's written on July the 5th by Richard D-E-I-T-S-H. Deitch or Deitch? Do you know this column? I know that name. I, I wouldn't know how to pronounce it, but I do know that name. Uh, what do you know? I mean, how credible is he as a sports writer, columnist? Uh, I'd say fairly credible. Uh, not like, I mean, I, I'm not taking anything from his credibility. In terms of big names, it's a name most people have seen, but again, wouldn't be like the, the top tier of names in the sport. So he's not a sleazeball columnist like Pete Thamel? Not that I'm aware of. Now, any, uh, anybody okay. anybody who's working for uh, anybody who's working for the athletic is usually pretty pretty good. Okay, we're good. Well, what this uh, column is about, and I'll tell you, this guy is a uh, I'll go into the uh, fortune telling business. Michael D. Martin, he starts out in his column, says saw the future in 2011. Now you know who Martin is, right? He's a former chancellor at LSU. Well, he was also and is the president of Florida's Gulf Coast University. But here's what he predicted 11 years ago, guys, uh, when he was having apparently an interview with a Washington uh, Post writer. And um, here's what he said. During a three-hour meeting of the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics at the Ritz-Carlton in October 2011, he offered this scarily take on the future of major college football. Here it is in quotes. And this is scary. I think we could ultimately end up with two enormous conferences, one called who? One called Fox and one called ESPN. Very good. All right, Brent. You, you read the article already? I, I've, re- I've seen that quote all over uh, since the Big Ten made this move. And, you know, it, it's true. This is all about TV rights. And uh, I'm, I've been an advocate for super conferences, but I think two is, is too few. I think you need at least four. Um, so I... I definitely think that it's it's a scary thing, but TV deals and money are, is what's really driving all of this. Yeah, and that's what, you know, you, you guys know my position. I've, I've been really leery and uncomfortable about the whole thing when the NIL began. And to me, the NIL is just, uh, to me, destroying the... the, the well, Steve, I N- NIL has absolutely nothing to do with conference expansion. No. Uh, two two I, completely I separate issues. That, but I do think it has uh, created an environment uh, that, uh, for me, just kind of damages the whole idea of college football, at least it was for me growing up, and that is the pageantry, uh, the traditional rivalries. They meant something in why certain players went somewhere or didn't go somewhere. Uh, anyway, but he talks about all this uh, in there. And it's also even predicted, I'm sure you guys have already seen it, that the SEC may end up having 20 teams in his conference. Uh, is that what you've been reading, guys? Yeah, I have seen some of that stuff, yep. Wow, okay. Uh, that the ACC um, may be uh, having, I guess, we may be stealing or inviting some people like Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, um, Miami. Virginia. Miami. Yeah, what do you yeah. guys' thoughts on that? I am not a fan of a 20-team oh. SEC. Expansion yeah. is, is all fine and good. I, I just... I want guys who are here for four years to be able to play every team in their conference home and away. Yeah, 20 ain't um, going to do that. Yeah, 20, you're not going to be able to pull that off with 20 teams in one conference. Um, Steve, you're, if you're worried about traditions or pageantry going anywhere, it, Auburn is always going to play Alabama, uh, and they're always going to play Georgia. Um, you're, I would you're like not, it if we always played LSU as well. Well, I... That's an interesting topic. How about topic. Florida? You know, Florida used to be a big yeah. rivalry. Yeah, that is that is an interesting one. I know a lot of uh, older fans, and, you know, uh, Eamon Corner back in the 80s was a big deal in the you know, 80s Nick and 90s. Nick DeSanders. Nick DeSanders. Yep. 
Yeah, I uh, I've I have heard this I've heard that story many times. Uh, my my dad was at that game and he uh, he has told me that story several times and it's it's an awesome story and I I would love to see Auburn go back to a permanent rivalry with Florida. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that uh, article up and just real quickly, real quick, guys, uh, if you haven't read this one because I did not know about this one, it appeared in the Wall Street Journal, but it's called "It's Bobby Bonilla Day When the Retired Met mm-hmm. Star Gets Paid How Much." It's a million dollars, isn't it? Or a little over a million? Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're warm. How about a million? $193,000, He gets that for the next 25 years. Yep. Oh. Well, Signed that contract in 2011, I think. Yeah, yes. they offered him a lump sum of $5 million. He said, no, I'm going to take these uh, yearly payments. Yep. Now, I find that remarkable, guys. That I didn't even know about this. I guess you guys were aware of it. I just didn't know it. Oh yeah, yeah that contract runs through twenty thirty. He and it, what, it, I guess it's July first every year. He gets paid a little over a million dollars to yep. not play baseball. To not play baseball, only in America. Yeah, yeah. All right. it's it's, it's another edition of the Mets being a joke of a franchise. Well, you got that kind of money, you know, it's a, a, a abomination. But then here's the other one. Uh, I don't know if you guys already saw it. But, you know, Ms. Griner, is that her name, uh, Griner, the Griner. WNBA star? Griner, Brittany Griner, Griner. Yeah. yes. Right. You know, she uh, pled guilty mm-hmm. uh, because she thinks she's in a rush. Uh, but what I'm bringing this up for, because another columnist brought it up, saying that if it was, say, LeBron James or Kevin Durant, somebody else, they'd already been let go. Oh, yeah. Ab- oh, yeah. Ab- you absolutely. Think it's a fair it, criticism or not? I, I, I think probably right. America would have gone and gotten that 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 male player Seven back players. call it what it is it's, it's a it's male versus female issue uh if it was lebron james and that's what Brittany griner is to the wnba she is the the lebron james of that league they would that player would already be back over here yes and she's also you know a gay athlete and that's kind of a controversial thing as well um so that that definitely and especially, that especially in russia yes especially guys? in russia in, i know russia is but okay not not so, as much here but in russia absolutely yes. All right, so this affects also some other issues. Like, there's a bunch of, uh, a number, I guess, from what I read, a good number of uh, hockey players in the NHL who are Russians. And they're going back to their country. They may not be able to come back, right? Uh, I know very little about that side of things. So I'm not going to project. Yeah, well, that reminds me, I read that from a Sports Illustrated columnist about uh, there's there's a, a good amount of NHL players uh, who are uh, Russians as well, and they're apparently going over there for some other reason, I don't know, sports-related. But I thought, wow, uh, this is going to be uh, some interesting, uh, you know, uh, political maneuverings here. All right, well, guys, I want to keep my word. I said I was going to be real short, and so I'm going to do that. I hope you guys have a really relaxing and safe uh, weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you early part of next week, maybe Monday. So until then, guys, War Eagle, no matter what else some, somebody else may tell you. War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve. We appreciate that phone call as always. Hope you have a great weekend. That's uh, retired Ward M. Steve joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. A uh, lot to get into there from Steve. That uh, pretty big topics. Um, Want to focus kind of on the college football um, expansion and, and conferences and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I've... I don't know if it's just not lined up this week. I've only been on the show once. I've been battling some cold-ish 
and you can probably still <laughs> hear that I have some moments where I'm kind of clogged up. But um, I don't know if it's just not been the right times this week or if it's not been discussed a whole lot, but I've not really gotten thoughts through on um, this expansion and, and everything. Um, so bear with me for just a moment. Tell us how you feel, Ryan. I'm incredibly frustrated. There you go. Um, I don't want to make this like a Ryan's rant session. Do it. Do but, it. Um, I support you. Like, it's all about money. And we know this. It's not a shocking thing. Some people will probably say, I told you so. All people care about now is winning a national championship. It's all everyone cares about. And we're trying to, instead of create something where all these institutions can have a chance at it, we're trying to be selective on who belongs and who doesn't. Who can bring in 15 more million dollars of revenue Preach. per school and, and get that TV money up a little bit higher. That, that's what's going on in this sport. And what I will say is that the foundation of this sport and why people love it is not because of money. And it's not because of, you know, two or three or four great matchups a year. People love this sport because playing the same team year after year develops rivalries. It develops animosity to teams and schools that you have some sort of broad connection with. And people love this sport because of the pageantry and in, in some of these words that kind of get tossed out some by, by us young people as, you know, old people talking about, you know, yeah. back in my day stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that's why it's different than the National Football League. Because if you take all the traditions away and you take the rivalries away and you only focus on how much money NIL can I give to this player to come to my school, and if you only focus on being in first place, admitting that being second, third, and fourth don't matter, then what do you really have? You have a version of the National Football League with just simply younger people. Amen. And so I am very frustrated with what's going on. Look, absolutely players should have gotten paid more and gotten an opportunity to profit more because of the value that they bring to these schools. But now that we've done that, we've taken it a step further and say, well, now how can all the universities make more? How can all of the TV sponsorships be bigger? And how can all these schools create a and a way of just basically just funneling money into their bellies. And so I'm very frustrated with it because I know, I understand that in this league that we talk about on a daily basis, the SEC couldn't give two craps about what happens in Troy, Alabama, or Birmingham, Alabama, no. um, or all these little schools that, you know, Take another Statesboro, Georgia. They couldn't care less about what happens at, at these smaller schools, but they are part of the fabric that makes this sport different from its professional brother in the NFL. And so I just don't want to be a situation where in 10 years we look at it, we only care about five to six games a week, we only care about 30 or 40 teams in the country, and it's all about trying to figure out 
who's the best between the SEC's 20 or whatever teams it ends up at and the Big Ten's, which, by the way, the number is completely wrong, the big whatever's <laughs> 20 or so teams. Yeah. And so, again, I don't think any one thing is inherently bad. I don't think NIL is inherently bad. I don't think a college football playoff is inherently bad. But at some point, it is a totality of at what cost are we going to admit that these half the country is just going to be left behind and not matter. Yeah. And I and I really hate that because me personally, I have watched all angles of this. I I, I went to Auburn University, so I see big time SEC football. I see the big time rivalries. I like the University of North Carolina. That's where my parents went. The first picture of me as a human being is wrapped in a North Carolina blanket. They are a perennially average football program. They go seven and five, and we feel pretty decent about ourselves if we beat Duke. <laughs> but that's the thing. We went seven and five, and we felt decent about ourselves because we did something. We beat a rival, right. and that mattered to us. The rest of the country doesn't give a crap. They want to see what North Carolina basketball does. But we were proud of seven and five. And then I also grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, fan of the UAB Blazers, and I'm sorry this did become Ryan's rants. Hey, I, but I support you, man. Go on. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. And my parents on weekends, they didn't take me to Auburn to go to Auburn games. They worked at UAB Hospital. So you know what they did? They took me to Legion Field. They took me to Bartow Arena on Saturdays to watch UAB. And so I saw the very smallest of it, a program struggling even to exist, winning three games a year, playing Rice and playing SMU, and, 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 and trying to be excited about a non-conference game against Baylor. And I saw that side of it. And you know what? I saw a much smaller group of people, but I saw a group of people that was incredibly proud of what that school was fighting to accomplish and what it would go on to accomplish in recent years. Surviving death from its own Alabama board of trustees that didn't want it to exist in football anymore and building it back up and becoming a conference champion. Yeah, it's one of the smallest conferences. But being so incredibly proud of a school for fighting its tail off to win something that mattered to them. And I just don't want all of that to go away because all we care about in this country is who's number one, who's the four, who's number one. And so I just, whatever happens, I just want it to be for the good of 130 and not for 30. That's, that's just all I want at the end of the day. I want everybody to still have a place in college football because that's when college football is at its best. Ryan. End of soapbox. I think my... Uh to to add on to what you're saying, Ryan, I think the solution, or, or I think the root of the problem is it, the SEC exists to care about the SEC. Greg Sankey's job is not to protect the Pac-12. Right. It is to grow the SEC, and he's done a heck of a job of that. The The Pac-12's commissioner, the Pac-12's commission, the Pac-12 commissioner's job right now is to make sure that that conference stays alive. Right. Every commissioner of the conference, their job is to protect and grow their conference. It is not Greg Sankey's job to to keep the Southern Conference afloat, to, to talk about uh, the smaller conferences that you touched on. The problem is that at the head of it all, the NCAA has been toothless for several years. Mark Emmert has sat back, watched, and collected a paycheck without preventing any of this from happening. There is no altruism. In college football, there is nobody saying, what's good for the game? Everything is what's best for me. How can I make more money? And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the beginning, but that at the end of the day, 
someone has got to be holding the leash. Yeah, you're supposed to be the governing body. There's there's a central body at the top that keeps it all afloat. Where are they? Where is the NCAA in, hey, we can't have the Big Ten and the SEC. We can't make this volleyball player from UCLA fly all the way to the East Coast six times a year right. or more. You know? Where where is the NCAA? I don't want to hear a single thing ever from the Big Ten or the NCAA about the better experience for the student athlete. Not after no. what the Big Ten did. No. Adding two schools from California. That that's insane. That is an insane you know, forget about excuse me, forget about I uh, I don't know. Forget about again the the California schools traveling to the East Coast four times a year for football. What about again? What about the basketball yeah, players? What I about s- what about this, women's uh, basketball? Yeah. What about soccer? You know what about these smaller sports right. that aren't going to yes, get travel that yes. is as good? They're going to fly, but they're not going to fly in private jets. No. Every the, sport will get more expensive because yeah, travel will be more. Yeah, every sport, every sport is sport. yeah. And you you say well they can offset that with the TV rights and you're right they can. The, the these schools are not going to go broke. These sports are still going to happen, but man, you are putting so many more miles yeah. on these kids. Yeah. A lot more stress. I mean, they still have classes they have to deal yeah. with, right? They still have yeah. stuff they have to do. They are student athletes, and you you know, student football, first football is played. Second. Well, it, that's never been true. It's never. <laughs> it's new. It's it, before players got paid. If you believe there was such a time, it was you were always an athlete first. The the time you spend. In athletics versus in the in academics, oh, it is by far five yeah. times more hours spent sure. being an athlete in in the major sports at least. But my, it's just there's a leader, there's a there's a there's somebody there's a governing body at the top of this, and where are they? Right, they're see, absolutely right. silent. I, I go ahead, Cam. I just it. wanted to take a second and say, Ryan, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it I was. Could, I could hear was. the passion in your voice. That was and beautiful. That's, that's an interesting thing that I hadn't considered. You know, is because I've always been an Auburn fan. I've always been all Auburn. My uncle played right. football here. I, my mom and dad met here. Everybody in my family went to this school except for one of my uncles. Um, it, it's it's interesting hearing hearing it from the perspective of a guy who grew up a fan of UAB. You know these these smaller schools that kind of rely on the bigger schools to not make the money but to to keep the sport afloat. Definitely interesting. But you, you got it, Ryan. Um, yeah, no, I just – I remember, um, you know, I'm sitting in a dorm room in Auburn, Alabama my freshman year, and I'm just crying my eyes out because I've had to watch on a laptop Ray Watts at UAB say football was not coming back next year for competition. And, you know, Again, that's not going to impact millions the way Alabama or Texas or these big brands would. But it's important to those people and those collection of yeah. people. Uh, they add up after a while. Um, and, you know, I can't – I think what you're talking about, Brent, you know, I don't know what power the NCAA – because they technically don't control it, right? It I mean, make yeah. sense. It's, it's a college football play. It's not an NCAA – What are they there they had power at one point, and they and they have it. Yeah, they have neutered themselves, and that's really what needed to happen. And I feel that we probably are past the point of no return with these. Absolutely. I mean, and, and also that's also what's so frustrating. Why I just kind of feel like I'm just like helplessly wandering around an empty space because I don't know what one thing 
would have yeah would have stopped There's, everything. Like you can make an argument for many of things. It's been it's been a comedy of errors that have led to this point. And so that's why I don't want to say you know like it's just you know the college football playoff being invented or it's just you know money coming in at NIL or it's just you know USC and UCLA joining here recently or. Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. I don't know what the tipping point was. I, I I don't know the exact moment that it would never return the same. And 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 by the way, I don't feel like you can't have any conference movement here. But but that's the term, movement, not Pangea, not not twenty <laughs> team, not you know not that, a team that's from the, the West issue. Coast, yeah. Not, not conferences being TNT dynamited, you know, and not existing anymore. Like rest in peace to the whack. They still have basketball, right. by the way. <laughs> you know, but like you can't I don't want to lose like three conferences just so we can have three or four huge ones. Like uh, yeah. that's when we have the issue of only having a, a a couple handful or not a couple handfuls, but a couple dozen, few dozen teams that matter at that point. So anyway, it's a complicated issue and I know we went all the way deep as possible into it. I don't know if we can even appropriately scale it back to just taking USC and UCLA at face yeah. value in the Big Ten. But, I mean, for the time that's being, what it means. let's guys play out. I know we've gone long in this segment. We'll double up the commercial. Just taking you behind <laughs> the scenes for anyone listening. Real briefly, how do we, at this moment, let me, again, wonder aimlessly with no direction to be hopeful. How do you stop? a 20 conference scenario here. If you're the Pac-12, do you go get a couple Mountain West schools? Do you... I Like, I don't know. Like, the, the next domino that falls will probably initiate the official super conference because, because it'll either be more teams in the Big Ten or right. it would be the SEC taking ACC schools. Yep. And at that moment, there's just absolutely no returning. There's There, no. there probably there's is no not down. now... But yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, if you just stop, if you put a pause, if this was the movie Click, and I just paused everything right now, nothing else happened, and I reset everything, and it's just the way it is right now, you could go on this way with the same conferences. You would need a couple boosters for the Pac-12, right. but you could you could go yeah, on this way for sure, for sure. It just doesn't seem it's going to stop. But if what would it take to stop? Is there anything you can think of that would would stop this now? Is this unstoppable with Chris Pro, Chris Pine and Denzel Washington? Can we stop <laughs> this freaking train? I don't I think mean, so. I I don't think so either. I I don't really know what could really stop. I mean, sanctions, money. You know, I, I don't know. I I don't think but there's then, there is no amount of money exactly. That but can, then I was going to say they're making so much money, it doesn't yeah. matter. There, the the TV deals that are going to come from super conferences are there's there's no amount of money God. that anybody could find anyone f- with that could stop this. I think when I think when Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC, that, that was, was the, the point. Yeah. That was the point of yeah. no return. That was the first. That domino. was that was when the bomb fell, uh, because you knew that whatever conferences wanted to stay alive, they were, were going to have to answer. Yeah, yeah. they were going to have to answer. School. And there was among the Power Five conferences, as we have called them for several years now. There was one that was clearly weaker than everything else. And the Big Ten looked at them and said, hey, do you guys want to get more money? Come join us. Uh, the two the two biggest name brands are now out of the Pac-12. It, 
Yeah. I mean, and you know what's also frustrating, too, about it is it's not even like it was a group of entities here. It was not right. like the SEC went and begged Oklahoma and Texas. Oh. Oklahoma and Texas just to that. Yeah. all of a sudden were just like, you know what? You know, 20 more million a year would be nice. You know, it would <laughs> yeah. be cool. Six, 60, million uh, looks, 60 million is a lot of money until you say, hey, well, I could be making 100 million. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then... From from my understanding, it was UCLA and USC that kind of reached out to yep, the Big Ten. It's right. like it's like Texas and Oklahoma inspired another group of fellow rivals just further west to be like, you know what? We want. I too. like twenty yeah. more million yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's <laughs> I just also like, like I, money. Yeah, and so. And I'll be honest. If someone offered me twenty million dollars, <laughs> I'd do, do a it. whole lot for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at. I'm in desperation mode. I'm just like. I'm trying to plug the boat that has 10 holes in it with one cork. Basically. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go ahead and take our next break on the show. If you want to call in and give your thoughts, 334-887-341. Luckily, toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. More sports call after this timeout. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9 at Tiger.fm and, of course, the Tiger Communications app, which we hope you check out for this and our other fine programming, including the Braves Radio Network on 1230 WAUD and some um, other great stuff that we have in the Tiger Communications family of radio stations. The numbers to give us a call today, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. Let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone lines. Luke from Alex City. Luke joins us now. Luke, how are you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going good. good. How's it going with you? You know, I think we're all pretty nostalgic for what college football used to be and how much fun it was. You know, you think about Southern Miss with Brett Favre beating Florida State, Alabama, and Auburn all in the same year, but. It's just this growth of the sport was inevitable. You think about Steve Spurrier when he made a million dollars in the mid-90s annually. People thought that was crazy. It's just insane. And now, uh, you know, you got coaches making $10, $11 million a year. Um, And they're probably, some of them are even underpaid. Uh, It's it's just inevitable that uh, it would be nice, like you said, if – all everything could remain at 130 schools, and maybe it can for other sports. You know, you're talking about volleyball and players having to go cross country. Maybe uh, the Pac-12. That maybe we can figure out something where the Pac-12 can stay together for other sports. I don't think that'll happen, but maybe it could. And football is just its own thing. But if you know, another way to look at this is if you're Alabama, if you're Texas, if you're Ohio State. Why in the world should they share their money 
the money that, that you know is, is built off their backs, off their investment, off their hard work, off their brands. Why should they have to share with a Troy or a Cincinnati or a Texas Tech or, or whomever um, who, who doesn't bring as much to the table? And frankly, they don't invest as much as, as these other bigger schools. I mean, UAB is a nice story. It really is. I live in Birmingham now, and um, I've been to uh, Protective Life, and it's, it's a very nice stadium, very cool, a lot of fun. It was great to call the Super 7 high school games there. But, you know, it's not even in the same – you could put two of those things inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium, and um, they don't even fill it up as it is. So I, I guess, you know, we can't really have it both ways um, it, because it's not fair for Alabama and Auburn to divvy up their pieces of the pie that they help create, that they help bake to other schools that just don't contribute as much. And, and there may be a place for a Troy, for a Southern Miss, for Jacksonville State, and I think there is. But it's not going to be at the same level, and that's just the inevitable growth of the sport. And you're right, there is no one thing. I mean, it, I've mentioned Brett Favre. If a Brett Favre were at Southern Miss now, guess what he'd do? Transfer immediately to somewhere bigger where he could get more exposure. Um, and because the players demanded that. And so they ended up getting it. And the, the problem with that is it's at the expense of these smaller schools. And um, players demanded to be uh, to have NIL money. Well, again, that's going to cost some schools that uh, you know, like a Southern Miss, like a whomever, Oregon State. They're they're going to transfer because they can't get the same deals there that they can at, at these larger places. And um, you know, it's also because of the fans. The fans demand that your school be successful, right? I mean, it wasn't enough. Uh, at first, we were like, this is so dumb to have a, a national championship de- decided by polls. Well, at least when we did it that way, the Rose Bowl meant something. The Sugar Bowl meant something. The Orange Bowl, almost all bowls meant something. Well, now if you either make the playoffs or you're not any good. Uh, it's that way in college basketball. If you, don't make, you can win your conference, not win your conference tournament, and not make the tournament, and people, the NCAA tournament, and people think it's a failure of a season. That that's how mixed up things have gotten, and um, it is all because the the fans demand excellence. I mean, look at Tennessee. I mean, they they've had they've been stuck in the mud for so long, and they're firing coaches, and they keep paying them extra money, and they keep paying the new guy even more because they they like look we got to get better, and to get better we have to pay this other coach more money, or else he won't come here. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a snowball effect that's going downhill and it's not going to change until we do get to these super conferences. And um, it's just something I guess we're going to have to embrace if you want to keep watching college football. Yes, sir. Hard to argue with with really any of that. Um, The only thing I thought of when when you're referring to uh, sharing revenue, are you just referring to like these big schools paying a million dollars to say, you know, beat the brakes off of somebody or, or what did you mean? With the with the revenue sharing against smaller schools, yeah, it's not necessarily a, a fair comparison for that because they don't the, the conferences obviously the SEC doesn't give out money to um, you know the conference USA or right. whatever. But yeah, it, does, it, it is more like if I'm the SEC, uh, while it's cool, and I look, I would love I love it when Alabama and Auburn play Mercer. The reason is I have four kids, 
So I can take my four children and my wife to the game against Mercer easily and spend a couple of hundred dollars with tickets, food, and everything versus going to an Iron Bowl trying to take them and you spend $1,000 or more. And so my point is that the SEC is probably looking at this like, why on earth do we want to pay Mercer, UAB, whomever, to play, even though it's usually a free win, or an easy win, I should say, why do we want to give them any exposure, any money, when we can work this out where we play more conference games, we keep all the money from the TV ourselves, and now because of an expanded playoff, even if you lose a couple of games, it doesn't matter. And and the thing is, most fans demanded an expanded playoff to quote-unquote make it equitable and, and make it so that everybody has an opportunity. And the irony is, the more times people try to make it where it's more equitable across the board, it's even-keeled across the board, the less even-keeled it becomes because the good teams, the smart teams that have good leadership and have bigger brands are always going to figure out a way to be better. Look at it this way. Even in the NFL or the NBA, the Sacramento Kings are hardly ever good. I mean, they were good for a small amount of time with Chris Webber back in the day. And, but they, they don't have the right leadership, because, and they don't have the right brand at Cleveland. As much as Cleveland gets the first, number one pick in the NFL draft, they've never made a Super Bowl. Uh, um, some some programs are just never going to get there, and uh, so some of the good programs will always be good. So uh, it's it's one of those things where I think we're headed to two super conferences, and um, some t- some big name teams like I mentioned Southern Miss. What in the world is North Carolina State going to do? What in the world is Oregon State going to do? What is Baylor going to do? I mean, these are these are pretty good programs that have that have made some moves of late. Uh, Baylor's been very good, but do we really think they're going to be a part of this new system that's only going to have about 40 teams? I don't think they are. Yeah, not if it's only 35, 36, 40 teams. No, probably not. Even if it were 50 teams, would Baylor, you know, would Baylor be in there? I, again, would NC State be in there? Uh, and I'll tell you something, and this is going to sound crazy, but if I were Florida State, I'd be very worried. Think about you know, the reason for expansion, going back to 1992, has been to gain a footprint in other locations. I mean, SEC took on Arkansas and South Carolina. At the time, that was even a cultural fit because uh, expansion was something that nobody even did. And so it was able to work out because uh, both of them were independent, and or Arkansas may have been in the uh, – I think, I think they were independent at the time because I think the Southwest Conference was gone. But um, – now, then they started saying, oh, let's, let's expand even further. Let's go to Missouri, which makes no sense for the SEC in terms of ge- geography, but it makes a ton of sense for footprint. So if you're Florida State right now, how in the world can you expect an SEC offer? Number one, you already spurned the SEC back in 92. Number two, what exactly do you bring to the table for the SEC, other than a, a pretty good brand that's been tarnished over the last decade. You don't bring a new footprint because Florida's already got that covered. Um, if you're Clemson, even, you might be a little scared unless you're going to go to the Big Ten because the SEC's already got South Carolina. I know Clemson's a better better program, and it's not close. But I, I'm just saying this, this thing's going to get really, really weird 
And if you're North Carolina, you'll probably be fine. If you're North Carolina State or Duke, you may be worried. Yeah, I mean that that will be interesting if you can put you know the personal feelings aside, like like I have for where, like I said, my heart's going to go out to the other seventy, eighty schools. You can put that aside. I mean, it will be fascinating to see the reasoning because obviously there's some smaller schools that are not really any good at football, like Kansas and Duke, but are excellent at the number two sport, which is basketball. And if they get any credence to any of this, or if they're left behind and that sort of thing, so it will be interesting to see. Uh, how everyone makes their decisions. Well, maybe Kansas and Duke become the new age Gonzaga. Gonzaga doesn't have a football program. You know, and maybe basketball still falls under the purview of the NCAA and football just sort of does its own thing and is legitimately NFL light. And maybe the NCAA can say, okay, who's ever left that's not in this new world order uh, of two giant uh, super conferences? Maybe who's ever left can still be in the NCAA, and and you know Alabama, Auburn still remain in the NCAA in every other sport. You know who knows? Who knows indeed. Well, we appreciate the phone call, Luke. All right, guys. That is Luke from Alex City, joining us on our Auburn Bank phone on this Friday afternoon. Just a couple minutes left, about five minutes left in this hour. I mean, you know, Luke was just kind of spitting facts there, right? Uh, Sp- yeah, really. I mean, I like. <clears throat> You know, I don't think you that was a declaration of nah. this out should be, but it was kind it's of how it's going gonna to be. How it's going yeah. um, to end up being. Yeah. Um, and, again, I, I realize that if I fight this battle, which I'm going to fight, I guess. Do it. Um, it's going to be a losing battle because yeah. it will, you know, everything will win in the end as far as TV revenue and just money in general. And, money and will always win Prestige out. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, you just – that that last thing he talked about, like a NFL lie, I don't obviously I just, wouldn't, be. dude, man. But I just you don't see, want that. but you see, in theory, like it's it's almost. Tell me how it's a whole lot different, because what you would be talking about if you're singling it out to about forty teams or so, if yeah. you use two twenty team conferences, you know that you pay those players, you know that there's a lot of money in the line through TV and through it your through your playoff. That was definitely NFL. Life. You know you got the most talent. Yeah. There's it's the only difference is we might fly that eagle around. <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> yeah. the, the band is on the field. Yeah, facts, that, facts, that's facts. the only difference yeah, at that point. That's, that's and, the only difference. You know, sure. if we, you know, if we do these big conferences too, we might have a few new rivalries. I don't know how the schedule would work. No, but I think it's, I think it creates some exclusions. You're, you're going to lose yeah. a lot of stuff that yeah. you value. Like, like, uh, Brant has left the room for a moment. It's just you and me, Cam. But, like, I would argue it's not a foregone conclusion Auburn and Georgia play every year right, anymore. Right, but no, it, it would it be. It should. It should be. But, you know, someone was pointing out online that was like, there's only a handful of schools that this really matters a lot to in the SEC right. that have a real true big second rival. And I'm like, yeah, and we'd like to keep them. Yeah, we like to keep them. So, do, if, you had, if you had the... 16 game. If you did not expand the conferences further, and we really get to like 2025 with the 16 teams, do the three plus six. Yeah. Don't do the one plus seven. No, no. no. Because you play your one extra conference game. That in itself should be valuable. Right. We're talking about value with Luke and and playing more big games. A night conference game is part of that. You should do that. And then you keep some 
Tradition's alive there. You have three have teams to. by every You have to. If you only have, I mean, the, for for those out there, if you do one plus seven, so you rotate the other seven, that bear Dude. with me here. You can't play no. both Alabama and Georgia Not a every chance. year. Not a chance. So <laughs> it would be every other year. It wouldn't be. You know, you wouldn't go years apart. You'd play them just, two out of four, yeah. but it's, not, it's the not the same. same. Yeah, I mean, like, not the same. I don't want to live in that world. I might have to, like Luke was talking about. I might I, have to live in a world where craziness yeah, is I, abound. I just, but I just don't like, want that, man. At uh, the end of the day, college football is about tradition, and with that, you know, losing that tradition, I, I, I just think it loses the magic that is college football. You know. You're back. I'm back. Welcome back. I mentioned um, you while you were gone. Oh, did, did you hear yeah, me? You I did not hear you. Out. Because we, you were talking about earlier, you know, and I'm not singling you out for this, but I'm just no, making sing, people me, aware. Because <laughs> you said, you know, Auburn will still play Alabama. Auburn still play Georgia. Well, if we stick at 16 and the SEC goes to the 1-7 and seven model instead of mm. the 3-6 and six model, which there's real debate. I mean, out of the SEC spring meetings, there was real debate which there they is. were going to do. If they do the one in seven, the one Auburn's seven, not playing Georgia every no, year anymore. That's true. They play every other year, and it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to society, but it's not fun. <laughs> like playing Florida every seven years. <laughs> right. Um, I I really don't think that one seven seven is going to go through. I don't. And I, I understand hope I understand that that's, that is one of the two options on the table, but my <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the 366. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the reason I don't is because the Alabamas, the Auburns, the LSUs, the Georgias, they all want that 366 because they still want to have those big rivalry games. They still want the tradition. The people who want the 177, the teams that want the 177 are the little broke boys down at the bottom of the conference Whoa. that are fighting for their lives to make the Camellia Bowl. You heard Brent said y'all broke. Whoa, was that <laughs> animosity <laughs> towards Vanderbilt? <laughs> towards Vanderbilt and Missouri Yo, and Mississippi wrong, State though. on bad years. Yeah, yeah. These are it, it's the teams that are fighting to go six and six that want the the one six six model or the one seven seven. Right, because they would rather not have another scheduled loss. Yeah, right, they would right. rather not have to play. They Vandy would wants they, to take their chances with East Tennessee State. They want <laughs> as few conference games as possible because they know they can't compete in the conference. And and but yeah. the big names, the money makers for this conference, on, want that three six. Yeah, because want that, that three six six. Because I mean, even still, like, I mean, the big boys. At the I table. mean, y'all have seen like Auburn, and I mean, you know, Auburn, I think. Um, out of the Alabama Auburn game, they were here this year, right? The, I mean, yeah. just seeing the people. I mean, just the sheer amount. It's of a sellout. The Iron Bowl bro, is always a that sellout. Brought the the money and everything. I mean, they they want that every year. It comes. It came for Georgia. Yeah. It came for Bama. I mean, even it'll come for Florida. It'll come for Florida or LSU and or LSU. Ole Miss or whatever Auburn's a permanent opponent. Ends come on, up man! Like, gotta do it. I, I just I. I don't see why they would. But again, I, and I will say this, and we're going to break now, so I don't, you know, don't love on the commissioner too much here because <laughs> people never like anyone's Shout commissioner. Out to Greg. But, but this was why Greg Sankey was very correct to not try and nail down a model, knowing full and well the model might need to be put in the recycling bin in, in six months or a year because right, yeah. if this league ends up being even bigger than sixteen, well then there's a whole new reconfiguration and. And all that. So what it is, and that's also why 
you know, they're stupid for this, but it's why they waited on the college football playoff to expand because they didn't know how the landscape would take shape. This is about taking the bull by the horns. If you would have already just locked in a bigger playoff, then your teams wouldn't have left your conferences because they would have felt good about making the playoff from your conference. So it's kind of – they kind of were their own self-fulfilling prophecy in a negative fashion that way. End of hour number two. More on this fun Friday after this timeout. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call today, starting right now. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. No Brooks Childress today. He had company business to attend to. He's also going to our state capital, Montgomery, take in the some Gore. minor league baseball. Where my so, alma mater resides. Go Warhawks. A-U-M. And uh, so we will uh, we will miss Brooks, but we hope he has a great weekend. And uh, I may or may not have just seen him a second ago and be talking to him semi-directly right now, even though it's through the radio. Bye, Brooks. Anyway. Bye, Brooks. Um, we'll miss you. <laughs> um, we had a fun second hour of the show. We did a lot of important, deep conversations that made me sad internally. Um, but uh, that's just kind of what uh, college football is going through right now. We might hit a little bit more on it. If you missed it, go back and check out our Sports Call podcast. It's can be found wherever you may get your podcast, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and the like. And uh, you can hear about what we were talking about with how college football's landscape has changed in uh, a really vast way. Uh, it looked like it was going to be maybe just a couple teams, and then USC and UCLA joined the party, and now who knows how many might join the relocation and expansion party. Um Want to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball again? They uh, set to open up a series tonight. A long homestand they have in Atlanta right now. They're taking on the Nationals tonight. Uh, were able to beat the Cardinals three out of four, although they had an excellent opportunity to win all four. Uh, but the Braves standing at forty nine and thirty five. Also, All Star voting should have just wrapped up. Yeah, and I'll be hearing announcements this weekend. Many Braves were involved in the voting. Uh, and we, we know Ronald Acuna Jr. is an all-star. I would expect Dansby Swanson. I would also expect Dansby to get. I would probably expect Max Freed. Yes. Uh, of course, that's not a vote. More so that's a, a players and managers type of right. deal. Um, be Freed. I don't know about Kyle Wright. Falling off just a little bit here lately. I don't think he's gotten enough hype around yeah, him to, to, so to really pull that vote. Don't know about Jansen. 
Uh, he was Probably. third in major leagues in saves. Mm-hmm. Been hurt last week or two with that. Well, I would say hurt. He's had a regular heartbeat. Right. Um, anyone else that you think might uh, either make or be deserving to make? I think Darno and Contreras both yeah, have a shot. Um, I think both catchers definitely do. Um, but th- th- those are the only ones. I know Adam Duvall was on the final ballot. Um, and, again, he's hitting about 50 <laughs> points lower than yeah. the rest of the outfielders yeah, yeah. on that ballot. Didn't stop me from voting for him. But uh, I, I, I don't expect him to, to make that final cut. I would think Contreras is a, a little funny to me. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be on there, but he was not even um, on the roster. DH. Yeah, uh, not on the roster at the year. And then, yeah, not an everyday DH. He catches sometimes, that sort of thing. I would think Riley would make the team. Uh, yeah, Riley, Riley. He's yeah. had, you know, I know he's not hitting 300 like he was last year, but he certainly got the power. Um doing it. Arnado probably be on the team as well, and and you know some of it unless they've changed it, and I don't think they have. The Major League Baseball has always mandated that every team get an All Star, which kind of plays into really yeah uh, what yeah go back you can go back through whatever year you want to go to unless it's changed in the last year or two. Um, even the terrible Pirates teams, terrible Royals team, does not matter. Even if it's a relief pitcher, everything gets an all-star. Man, what? What is this? A participation trophy award? It's I mean, fine. it kind of is. It kind of is a participation be, trophy. I guess. Well, but, to be okay, but to be fair, we've never really taken all-stars in Major League Baseball as seriously when we let the fans determine much of it. Because, again, yeah. like, love the Braves guys, but there's just no world out of all all-star, or even close to no, an all-star this year. Not. Not, not even close. So... Sometimes it's just a popularity contest mixed with a little bit of skill. Um, but, yeah, no, everybody, every team gets an All-Star. So sometimes that limits why great teams, you think, oh, they might get like eight All-Stars, and they end up only with like four, and you're like, eh, you know. Uh, so that's what happens a lot of the time because, I mean, you could also um, – there, there's other teams, you know, there's the Yankees you could put Almost most, most of their starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, you put three or four in their starting lineup, you put three or four of their starting rotation because they've all got ERAs yeah. lower than three and a half. True, um, true, true. What do we think about Matt Olson? Do we think he's going to be there? Leads the league in doubles, has know. has double-digit home runs. He might just be on just the outside. Has, has 14 or 15, I think. Are, are you asking me, should he or will he? What What do you think of him as an all-star? Do you think he should be an all-star? As I go through the the fellow first baseman in the National League, he probably, should not be yeah, in over Alonzo. No, no. Uh, and Gold, th- Goldschmidt is the other. And he should not be in over Goldschmidt. Who, and again, he's hitting like three forty, so he's having an insane year. Um, I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, that would be number three. I think you make an argument for Freddie. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the same thing about because he's got a couple less homers, but he's got. More RBIs hitting 300. Um, uh, Has Freddie ever hit below 295? Doesn't feel like it. No. Doesn't ever feel like it. Hits and hits. Um, We'll always hit. I can't, you know, I think, I know this could be a weird one. You'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? CJ Crone of the Colorado Rockies, Hmm. I believe he's got like 19 homers, 60 RBIs. How much is some of that playing in Colorado? Yes, but I don't care. All right, fair enough. Because I don't care. You still got to hit it hard. Right. Um, I'm going to go find contacts. So yeah, I'm going to find his exact numbers um, because I do. You, you know, I got I look at the box scores way too much, and there's probably even a guy or two I'm 
for forgetting. But yeah, CJ Crone is hitting 294 with 20 home runs and 65 RBIs. All right, that's that's, that's not a bad year at so, all. So no, and all. Ob- and also just to play into it again, it's like the Rockies need an All Star too. <laughs> so so no, I do not. Bl- I think Olsen's been solid. It's not taking away from him, but no, I do not think he's a top three Who's, first baseman. This who year. am I thinking? Of? Charlie Blackman. Is he, he, he's an outfielder. He's good. Yeah. Uh, he's, he would be. He's the name that first comes to mind when I'm like a Rocky who might make the game. Got off to an incredibly slow start this year, and I know absolutely everybody in the Auburn and play area is just like, give me the Charlie Charlie Blackman season in a nutshell right now. Um, <laughs> he was awful to start the year, and I thought he was done. He had a birthday a couple days ago. I uh, remember that, and he was in like 200 through the first month of the year. I was like, excellent "Oh, beard. this is this." And he does have an excellent beard. I'm like, "This is a, a really good Rockies player that is probably done it. Has a, over 1500 hits in his career, mm-hmm. over 200 home runs. And he's done, and now he's hitting about 270, driving in runs, looking pretty good now. So, anyway, um, Crone will be there, and. You know, I, I don't – it doesn't bother me. I don't get hung up on it. But it's like to be an all-star is really cool. And – but I, I don't think it's something you ever talk about like – Or brag upon. Yeah, in Major League Baseball <laughs> at least. I, I just don't yeah. think – you know, this guy was an eight-time all-star. Well, you know, six of them were probably deserved. One of them was like sentimental. One yeah. of them was controversial. Right. You, you probably should have been in another one, but you got screwed over because someone else was Playing sentimentally better, in. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like – I don't know. Um, I'm glad Cabrera and Pujols will be there. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. It is definitely Pujols' last year. I don't know if Ka- Miggy's... You know, Miggy has shocked me because I thought he was done two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. He was hitting like 240 with no power. And his power has not come back. He's not hitting home runs anymore. But he's hitting like 300. <laughs> I, it's really crazy. He's really hit for contact very well. I He's... A constant one for three, right. it feels like. Um, and so I, I, he could probably play another year if he decided he wanted to do it. He's, he's hit a high enough average. Again, not the 35 homers he used to hit by any means, but if he hit 300, he'd still hit. So uh, Pujols still looks done. I know he had a couple hits the other night in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, I, I thought he was done after last season. He's doing his yeah, spare world. But I mean, he's, he's, he came back to the Cardinals. I mean, he's playing better. Playing yeah, better than well, he did in L.A. Uh, eh. So, so <laughs> the, marginally, no. Mm. Hey, you know what he's hitting before this brace series? What was it? One ninety. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> right, wait, he, did he so, come to St. Louis last year? Then no, no, no. It was this season. No, what he did in L.A. and what he's been doing. Talking about the Dodgers version of L.A., not Angels. Right. What he did with the Dodgers and what he's doing with the Cardinals, but just not quite as well, is they're really only playing him against lefties. Okay. And if you look at his average versus lefties as a Dodger and as a Cardinal, it's around three hundred. But he cannot hit righties at all. You would rather have a pitcher up there, to be quite <laughs> frank. And I, I know that just sounds sacrilegious. I said you'd rather have a pitcher bat against right-handed hitters than, a, than Albert Pulse, but he's hitting like 120. I would rather right-handed. have Max Reed than yeah. some of the, the – Guillermo Heredia. Yeah. <laughs> tell, I was, I tell me you want rather gonna Max say, Reed. I was going to say Mike Ford or Phil Gosselin, but yeah, him, <laughs> yeah. Them, him oh, too. Man. Heredia <laughs> has real, this fun bro. thing. I know we're just bouncing all over the place. Off season. Heredia has this fun thing, guys, and I want to. I want to be one twenty one. I want to be incredibly <laughs> oh specifically gosh. accurate right now because I think this is still true. I was talking about this with a friend the other day, uh, who's a big Braves fan. Calls me from the time time to time, and 
Guillermo Heredia. He has seven hits on the season. It's a 121 batting average. It's just awful. But when he gets a hit, it is hard contact. Yeah. There's no yeah. mistaking it. Yeah. Of the seven hits, six of them are for extra bases. Yeah. Three homers, two doubles, and a triple. It's pretty crazy. It's just like, it's it's a definition of I am swinging for the fences right yeah. now. I am yeah. going to swing this bat as hard as I can. It's like a sword. And hope I and <laughs> it's hope like a sword. it hits. <laughs> Legit. Yeah, it's like a, it's like yeah. You know, ah, for real. You know the thing. Oh man, that's. Oh. But so uh, so let's talk breaks here for a moment. Um, just not not all star centric, but just team specific. Where are you at with this team? Does this team need something else to beat the Mets? Where are you at with it? I mean, a second baseman would probably be right. Ozzy not to be yeah. yeah injured. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I mean, I I don't see why we can't do it. I feel like this team's on a pretty good, you know, consistent tear. Take we play the Mets how many times? Three times, like with in this little stretch, three or four times. Uh, yeah, they have a series win, but they they still got to play fifteen more. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I'm just, I think by I, by the time we face them again, we should have, we should have um, Jansen back. No, uh, well, yes, but also um, Ozzy back, hopefully. I will. Thinks, I don't think Ozzy's coming back until about September. You don't think so? That's that's right. I, I, yeah, I mean, he broke August. a bone in his foot. Like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, it's gonna take a minute. That's unfortunate. He'll be back this year, but but yeah, no, I I don't think it's until. Yeah. It'll be a late. month and a half. It'll be late. Yeah. I don't know. I <sighs> I think the Braves have what they need to take two out of three. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's, that's, it where I was, that's where I was that's, going. Yeah. That's, that's always been my thing is, like, I don't care if you sweep. Like, sweeping is great. I would like if you to have sweep, an opportunity though. to sweep, then by all means, do it. I would totally but, like to sweep to take the division lead. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's more – it's a bigger deal. To, it is three, by the way, to start yeah, this week. Start yeah. next week, not four. So just take two out of three. Mm. Just in every series you play, don't worry about winning this individual game. Worry about worry about the three-game series. Because, I mean, so many people were mad that the Braves lost in extras to the Cardinals. Who cares? You took three out of right. four. I and don't like Phil Gosselin being on the team. No. That's what I would change. No. It was a yeah. bad Phil Gosselin night. But, but I mean. It's one. You would rather have Ozzy. Right. You know. For sure, I'd rather. But, you know, you, injuries are going to happen. That's that's the thing about a 162-game a season you're not going to have all nine guys healthy for all 162. And even if they are, you're not going to play them for every single game. No one, no one's – who Cal Ripken Jr., you know, no one's going to play 17,000 games in a row or whatever number he hit. It wasn't quite that high. but It was over 1,000, though. Yeah. It was a lot. It was, it was um, a whole lot. You know, I, I think uh, it's unfortunate timing for the Braves because they, they've been doing great without Ozzy. You know, the Mets are, this whole time, we talk about Braves' injury, Mets have not been healthy because no, they've not had Scherzer or, right, yeah, or DeGrom. Right, no DeGrom. And the dude on Twitter, I don't remember his name. I, I don't want anyone to know his name. Who cares? It's the SNY guy that said after May the, the season was over, the division was over. Oh, the, for the, the Mets. The Met, I, yeah. I know exactly you know, what you're talking he, about. He was flaunting the fact on Twitter that Scherzer comes back on Monday in convenient time to face Atlanta. But I've always felt the Braves have hit yeah, him pretty well. Pretty I mean, well. for being one of the best five pitchers in baseball for the last decade, yeah, he beats the Braves plenty, but they've also beaten him plenty. Right. And I feel, I uh, this is, again, going to sound weird, 
I feel about as confident against Scherzer as I do of the Braves facing someone making a big league debut. Right. Because they don't have any film on those guys, no. and, they, and they just kind of yeah. don't have an approach at the plate. But these guys have faced Scherzer like 40 times. Right. I don't know if it's that much, but they've faced him Plenty. a lot right. uh, between his all of his time in the National League East. So, uh, you know, I like – I'm like you guys, you know, we're still doing it. We got what, 80 or excuse me, 75 games left. Like you just, you're just all about take compartmentalizing each series still yeah. at this point, at this block of time. Um, that win streak really brought us back. Yeah. And it was time. so big. That, that, was, that, that win streak was awesome. And look, if the Braves want to win every game that they play for the rest of the season, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Who well, says no? Right. no Who says no to however many wins that would be? It would set records for sure. Uh, let's see. They've they've already lost what thirty games, thirty something games. Lost so thirty five. I think they're forty nine and thirty five. Yeah, yeah forty nine and thirty five. So what? They would be a hundred and twenty five and thirty five. I'd take hundred twenty seven. Yep. I'd take that. hundred twenty seven yeah. and thirty five. Heck Facts. of a season, boys. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh. I'll bet the under though. Yeah, I would. I would take. I would take the under. <laughs> Uh, so just just win the series, man. Just win the series. It's it, it's it's such a weird thing how sports fans will live and die on on every game. Yeah, but the MLB season is just yeah, so in, long. In regular season baseball and regular season basketball, yeah. you want to go on streaks. You you want to go on. You want to get hot for for these times yeah. and weather yeah. the storms. You know you can't. You are never going to win every single game you play. So to sit here and act like one loss is the end of the world, is is a bad way to be a sports fan, frankly, right. for those sports. That being said. And, and also, everyone here is so used to football, where there's 12 games in a season, and if you lose one of those games, it's, it's astronomical. Over. It is over. If you lose two, you're not making, you're not making your championships. That being said, in my Stephen A. Smith tone, get Phil Gosselin! <laughs> off of a professional baseball yeah, right, team. Right. Anyway, that's not fair. Phil. Please hit, please hit two doubles next start, please. <laughs> um, three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. Talking Braves and now to our Auburn Bank phone line. Russell from Auburn. Russell joins us. Russell, how are you doing, man? Yeah, it's easy to say get Phil Gosselin off the field when Ozzy Osby's is hurt. You know. <laughs> and I mean, and I understand you could play Orlando Arcia every day. Right. I understand that, but you know that's not who Brian Snicker is. And you know you you can you can second guess Brian Snicker all day long, but seems like the guy pulled all the right strings last year. Sure, I mean, <laughs> you know, so you know a loss is a loss, and the frustrating things is the extra innings losses. You know, it, it seems to be a – I mean, I think we've only won two, maybe three extra inning games all year. And I was thinking about that today after I saw what happened last night, and I think it has a lot to do with just who the Braves are as an offense. I mean, think about their second in Major League Baseball in home runs. Right. You know, I mean, it's – it's a nine-inning game for them. When you when you bring it down to one or two innings, that's not who they are as an offense. If they don't hit a home run in the tenth or eleventh inning, they may not win. You know, so it's it's a home run win or die by the home run team. 
Now, that's not to say that's the greatest thing in the world, but it's also not the worst thing in the world. Because you you, you hit home runs, hey, that sells tickets, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that, that that's who puts people in the seats, you know? I mean, you're not going to complain about a guy hitting a three-run home run every night. So it just kind of is who this team is. Maybe they're not built to it, to win extra inning games, but they're built to win games over 162. And I think that they've proven that. You know, I mean, they're on pace to win 94 or 95 games in a year. And, and maybe the Mets are on pace to win 100. I don't know. Maybe that'll work itself out. I think we've only played one, maybe two series so far to date. So I think that's going to work itself out. So it's not the end of the world. The Dodgers one hurts bad just because it's the Dodgers and Freddie Freeman and all that mess, you know, that one game where they just they just lost it. I mean, you know, whatever. But losing a series to the Cubs and Wrigley hurts just as bad. Right. You know, I mean, dang, they're terrible. And we lost two out of three. That's the only games we've lost two in a row since June 1. And it's to the Cubs, who are not good. So, you know, there's other things that have happened that you can sit there and say, eh, they're, what, 28 and 6? Or 20, no, 27 and 8, something like that since June 1. It's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. And they're only going to get better. I mean, Mike Soroka is coming back. I mean, from everything that I've read and seen and being keeping up with the Braves, Mike Soroka's coming back. And you get that guy with Max Freed at the top of the lineup. Oh, by the way, Charlie Morton's your number three starter who has over 100 strikeouts before the All-Star break. You know, it's not the end of the world. Oh, Spencer Strider, by the way. Uh, let's talk about that guy who – I will give any one of y'all $100, and I'll drive up to the studio right now and give you $100 out of my pocket, cash. <laughs> if you can name, if you can name the only two players, pitchers in Braves history, Atlanta Braves history since 1966, that have struck out double digit. Now, if you've seen this, that's not fair, but <laughs> double-digit strikeouts in, in Atlanta Braves history since Spencer Strider. Let's go. I, has any, have any of you guys seen it? I have not no, seen it. No, I, I have haven't. Not, I, I've, I've I know it. that it's been a while, but and I, I've Consecutive heard. Consecutive starts with double-digit strikeouts. There's uh, two people. Uh, Smoltz? Smoltz is one. Okay. You're correct. He's a power pitcher. I figured he. And I and I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can get the other one. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I feel like this is kind of the crux the of 90s. Russell's thing. You, it's not in the nineties. It ain't Maddox. It ain't Glavin. It ain't Avery. Would it be but like? You can go ahead and guess with the other one. Uh, would it be like? Uh, I know there's another Braves legend. I don't know if they're strikeout guys. Warren Spawn. I don't know. Is he too oh, old? You got Oh, let's go. <laughs> no, I do, I do not expect there you, you to grind up here, well, just for the record. I, I will bring you $100, <laughs> by the way. Dang, I was just a lucky guest. Not even going to lie. Ryan Spawn and John Smoltz. There you go. So, Spencer Strider, number three. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. So, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt that you've struck out the first nine batters for nine outs. 
You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's incredible. And that's a Clemson guy, by the way. He is. And you know what? I will segue that into football. So let's talk a little bit of football before y'all get to a break. Sure. Notre Dame. What what are we going to do with Notre Dame? Make them join the, something. That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> right now, it sounds like they I mean, want to stay independent, which feels like a bad decision yeah, to me. It's but not it's a good crazy. choice. It's cra- it is absolutely crazy because if you're the Big Ten or the SEC, you want Notre Dame. Why would you not want Notre Dame? I don't Why know. Why would you not want Clemson? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly <laughs> I their mean, recent if success. You, if you're the SEC and you can grab – Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and Notre Dame, why would you not do it? No, I mean, I, other than, you know, trying to make sure that you can make a reasonable way of doing the league, making sure this is the way that the Big Ten's going to try and do it and get 20 teams, I guess just trying to figure out how you're going to ske- do schedules for, for huge leagues like that. But, I mean – those are certainly the candidates. I don't know where Notre Dame will end up. I have no feel for that, but certainly Clemson. But and baseball. But listen, baseball. Look what they did in baseball. Look what they are in basketball every year. Look where they are academically. Oh, sure. You want to talk about Vanderbilt every year? Look where Notre Dame is academically. Baseball, basketball, football, academics. Yeah. I think that Notre Dame is, is one of those teams that – yeah, they could decide to be independent, but if you're going to go to a super conference, 20-league conference, and you're fighting for position, why would you not be fighting over Notre Dame and make them want to be part of the best conference in college football, the best conference in college baseball? Almost, it, you could argue – heading in the right direction, the best conference in college basketball. You know, like, why would you not go that direction? Whether you're on either side of it is my point. So, I think Notre Dame is huge. I don't understand the whole staying independent thing. I don't think they can make enough money. NBC can throw enough money for whatever, but when you're talking about ESPN, it's it's – it's pocket change. Right. I mean, ESPN is is on a whole – they're in Mars compared to what Notre Dame is on the moon. You know, it's a whole different stratosphere. So, Notre Dame, and I'm telling you, just because it's the SEC, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami make a whole lot of sense for that state of Florida – keeping all those kids in Florida recruiting-wise in the Southeastern Conference – Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, I mean, North Carolina, Virginia Tech kind of makes sense because of positioning and whatnot. But Notre Dame is, is to me, if you're going to compete and make the Big Ten jealous of what the SEC is, you've got to grab Notre Dame. And that's my point. Y'all have a good one, guys. Where are you going? Appreciate the phone call, Where Russell. That is Russell from Auburn there. On our Auburn Bank phone line, we talked some Braves there. We'll also talked some college football real That sums up the last hour and a half. Yeah, what absolutely. Russell just talked to us about yeah, that. You know, I'm, I'm 100% with him when he talks about Notre Dame. I, I think Notre Dame is kind of the big fish of who's going to get them. But it, the, the problem is, like, does Notre Dame ACC decide? Would get them. I, you, you would think ACC because that's where they've been in every sport but football. 
But again, is the ACC going to be able to keep up with the SEC right. and the Big Ten? Right. That that's the issue here. Is the I think if, if it's they, two conferences only, yeah. it's the SEC and Big Ten. Oh yeah. But sure. I think if the ACC can grab Notre Dame, right. all of the that's sudden, legitimate. They yeah, they are at the table with yeah. the with the Big Ten and the SEC. So that's I agree. You know, it, it's it's all a real chess match, and I think it, Notre Dame will be the next big domino to fall. And maybe they just want to stay independent. You know it. Notre Dame has not come out and said we want to join a conference. Yeah, totally. Right. They they haven't, you know. And I, I think that uh, this is a point I made last week. I guess when the news broke about USC and UCLA, people forget that while the quality of the league in the middle and the bottom have not been up to standards, people forget there's been nothing wrong with the top of the ACC the last no. two decades. No, absolutely not. No. Um, you know, last year was a rough year for it, but it's a really one-off occasion because of what Clemson had been the last six years. But also, but just a couple of years before that, the last time before we had a college football playoff, it hurts, but Florida State won a national championship. Um, and you think back to the early 2000s before it all went a mess again for Miami, but Miami was great at the early 2000s. Florida State was still good for most of the 2000s. Um, there's nothing wrong with the top of that league, and that's why teams would want to, or why leagues would want to poach Clemson and Florida State, right. Miami in particular for the football. And of course, you know that they, I, at that time, I should say, I should clarify, Miami was a Big East school in the early 2000s. I should clarify that, but nevertheless, they were in the ACC by the mid 2000s. Um, I still recall North Carolina upsetting like a number three Miami with this horrible head coach from North Carolina had named John Bunting. Um, and He's a patriotic uh, guy. Yeah, sure. Uh, and Connor Barth, who kicked in the league for a long time, actually with the Bucks and some other teams, hit a game-winning field goal. Anyway, despite, beside the point, the top team in the ACC has been as good or better than the top teams in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 the last decade and a half. It's three through the rest where yeah. the ACC, or four through the rest where – the ACC has had big difficulties. So common sense would say what you guys were saying. If the ACC would just be proactive and make Notre Dame an everything school, because they're in the conference for everything else, mm -hmm. that would solve some things for them. And, and you wouldn't have to admit that there's only going to be two great conferences. Um, you know, But, but if, if you're passive now, I think – I almost think like these other conference commissioners are, are kind of like me from hour number two of this show where they're just like, can we guys, can we just stop it? Right. Can we just <laughs> let it be? Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the SEC and Big Ten are like, you know what? All right, fine. Bring it. Give it to me. All of it right now. Who I wants want in? Yeah. Join the party. Um, that's not how the ACC, Big, uh, Big 12, and, and Pac-12 can afford to – be right now they can't be passive um if they want to remain a power five and not have their conferences greatly jeopardized so the big 12 i thought did a competent job of filling a really impossible hole to fill i mean they yeah. for one they brought in four teams instead of two mm -hmm. they brought in the very best of the group and group of five over the last few years obviously cincinnati is the first team to make a playoff out of the group of five they bring them in they bring in ucf that if you know, times were a little different. If they had been <laughs> a few years later, UCF might have made a playoff in yeah. 2017 if they had Maybe. started from a higher My ranking. 2017 national so, champions. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just for that, UCF <laughs> didn't deserve to make it, just for how they acted 
after the fact. Look, but they agreed. were annoying, but it's better than giving Bama another trophy. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't think the uh, college football record books will show that, unfortunately. No. Did you? Uh, uh, did Did y'all go to that Chick Fil A bowl when Auburn played no. at UCF in 2017? Can't say that I did. I was there, and I, UCF fans are incredibly irritating in uh, person. I'm sure. As, and we were sitting in the Auburn section, so like we didn't. They they at that time felt like they we were, were yeah they were very much on, on top air. of the world yeah. and you know like I, I have no problem with being like on top of the world and celebrating with our fans but like there are people like trying to trash talk me and I was like I don't Auburn and, Auburn and UCF are not we comparable are programs we are not the same we are not the same <laughs> they, and they won that game but I, I'm telling you Auburn <laughs> Auburn was checked out in that game yeah, that was that sure. was and everybody knows it and I'm talking about a game that doesn't matter from five years ago there we go. All right, we need to take our what really is our first break of the show, uh, or not of the show of hour number three. When we come <laughs> back, talking for three straight hours, a little bit, yeah, three straight hours. Need some water, right now. We're gonna take a commercial break. More sports call after this on this fun Friday. Sports call is on the air weekdays from three until six p.m. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Sports Call. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and on the Tiger Communications app, Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, Brant Dontry with you here. Having a lot of fun today. We've talked a Always. whole lot about uh, conference realignment, and now we're just play the waiting game for the next domino to fall. We've also talked Atlanta Braves, the All-Star game. We've also talked some Summer League, as that will continue throughout the next couple of weeks, the Vegas Summer League. You'll see Jabari Smith at least four more times. Every team is guaranteed five games, and then oh, yeah. they have a playoffs, and then you can play up to, I think, eight would be the total yeah. is what you could play. So you will see Jabari Smith more. You'll see JT Thor uh, inadvertently rhymed. I'll quit while I'm <laughs> The show's <laughs> over now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but wanted to ask you, too, about the big topic. I feel like it's been talked about every day. Got to ask about it, though. Only a few minutes left. And then we'll take our final break. But uh, your personal opinion, Cam, and I know this was talked a lot about yesterday or with Eric McDade, and I'm not trying to go exactly Wednesday. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But where do you think Kevin Durant plays basketball next fall? I think he starts out with the Nets, honestly, just because the Nets are not – they're not in really any rush to trade him. I mean, obviously you want to kind of get on with it and get on with your future because you know he doesn't want to be there and you know he's not going to be there. But – I just think the package has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Right. Um, obviously, he wants to go to the Suns. They said that he wants to go to Miami. Miami would be interesting. That one, because they most definitely, you could see it that you know they were they were right there. They just they just lost a little bit of scoring and a little bit of defense. But I mean, they were they were close. Yeah, I mean, you they know, were they, they, they were got close. a three off to take a lead yeah. to go to the finals. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they they were close. So they they were missing that one guy. Um, uh, I mean, the Suns. I I for his legacy. You know, a lot of people talk about that in the terms of you know how Kevin has been viewed, especially with his two championships with Golden State. Um, 
you know, it's a team that's already been built. I mean, it's already got the two two star superstar and Devin Booker star and Chris Paul, um, and then you just throw Kevin Durant in their championship because you know, easy. Um, with Miami, you know, that's that would be a better fit just legacy wise. If you're like, well, he goes and joins this team, he's that third addition that they need to get over the hump. You know, I I don't I don't know if I see him in a Miami jersey next season, but um, I think he starts out in in Brooklyn, and then we just kind of see because I mean it's not going to be where he wants to go. It's the best package that any team can offer for him. So I hate this situation so much. I've never really I've I've heard so many podcasts. I religiously listen to Bill Simmons, um, listen to Zach Lowe too. A lot. Those are kind of my main guys for for basketball talk. Uh, and yes, even though Bill Simmons is obsessed with all things Celtics, and somehow every trade relates to an eighty Celtics thing. Goodness, I, I love Bill Simmons' commentary on the rest of the league. Right. Um, I hate the fact that this man, Kevin Durant, is so tormented because he is the most skilled scorer of the basketball yeah, well, in this generation. Yeah, yeah. And I am. And I hate that he cares so much about what the what the argument is, yeah, and what the talk is. Yeah, if he didn't care, I don't know if he would have left Golden State. And no, I don't know. Not. And, and, and you know, I don't think he'd be leaving Brooklyn right now, or no. be wanting to leave Brooklyn because why he wanted to go do this with with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Is he wanted to prove to yeah. people he so, was a guy yep. that could build a team yep. that won a championship? Yep. He didn't just join Steph Curry's he team. He was the guy. He was the guy. Drive the bus. And it's like, part of that is the people's fault because it's like, hey, by the way, it's hard to win a championship. You can do all the right things, and one injury screws you over, or one thing screws you over. Kevin Durant was great. Stephen Curry was great. They're right. both great. Great. Who is <laughs> greatness? Any, right. And I, I see what you're saying. Yes. But in Who's everyone's anybody? minds, it was like, well, those are cheap championships because the Who, Warriors already won yes, one, and yes. they went seventy three and nine. I could have won another one. Who is anybody to decide right. what championship is worthy, what is unworthy? And so it's like we didn't account for the fact. Well, okay, instead of Golden State, you know, barely winning the championship or just winning a normal championship, they were unstoppable, and you had no chance for two years. You know, that's what <laughs> you, you want. Know? That's that's where his greatness factor right, is. Right. And, and so he then says, you know what, I need to go to Brooklyn, I, I or I need to go somewhere and I need to win my own ring because everyone will give me my right, due right, respect right. if I go do that. Well, he paired himself with someone that is incredibly unreliable yes. just as a human being. Like he's a on very good offensive yes. basketball player. Gifted. He's an unreliable human being. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and so it didn't work or has not worked. And now he's feeling the pressure because he's like everyone's – now saying I needed to do this. This Steph Curry ring was like the worst thing for him because now it really thinks he needs, has to go get another ring of any kind now. Right. And it's like we're so busy comparing these guys. Like Durant's awesome. Like just just go hoop with a quality team and let's see what happens. I, you know, and if his foot wasn't so damn big, maybe they beat right, Milwaukee. Right, and you never <laughs> that, know. That's the other thing. <laughs> they do beat Milwaukee. <laughs> so, if his so they do beat Milwaukee. So big, they maybe they win the championship, Milwaukee. I should say. Maybe, you're right, maybe they beat the Suns. His right? legs look like hockey sticks. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. To watch you know. him sit down in a normal-sized chair <laughs> and just see his knees come up to his shoulders. 
So you know what? Like I'm, I want him to start. I want him to play in Brooklyn. They've yeah. got some good players. They do. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, in theory, will be available next year. Ben Simmons you know? also. In ben theory Simmons, will be in theory, available. will step on a court with an intent to play. You know, <laughs> Joe, Joe Harris is a good shooter. Seth yeah, Curry's yeah, yeah. a quality player. Yes, Seth is extremely um, quality player. They, they, I think they signed. Did they sign TJ Warren? Was that the yeah, next? Or yes. maybe not. I, I know I they signed. So. They traded for Royce O'Neal, three and D guy. They have good players. Like this team would be a playoff team next year if everyone's playing. They were good in the games Irving played. They just were yes. terrible in the Celtics. Yeah, TJ Warren. TJ Warren's a quality offensive player. Like yeah, for sure, you can be a top five team in the East if you focus and you play all the right. games. If you play basketball. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they're going to do that. Either. I I've it, said it before. It, it, I don't think Kevin Durant is capable of blocking out noise. No, I think, I think not. he is he's proven. Not. He's he not. is incapable he's of. You, know, you, you like you said, he always talks about how he doesn't care and he's just himself and he's no. always going to do him. No. Very no. obviously, you is not care. that. No. Yeah, and it's, it's it's tragic because, again, one of the most he's talented got major players. Self-esteem issues. Like to even, be one of the best offensive basketball players. Yeah, ever. even with all the injuries he's had, like go look at the all-time scoring list. Like if he played long enough, he's going to end up top oh, three yeah. or four oh, all yeah, time. Easily. Yeah, it's insane. So anyway, it, it's frustrating to see that someone's so great, but that's what makes sports unique. Everyone ticks to beats to a different drum. Oh and yeah, Kevin Durant's drum unfortunately is involved in social media way too much. Anyway, last break <laughs> of the show today, the nightly TV guide coming up next. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome back to Sports Call on this fun Friday. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Canberry, Brant Daughtry. We had a great time today. Um, kind of a makeshift show, but we had uh, a lot of fun times um, talking about uh, college football landscape and Atlanta Braves and right there at the end and uh, with uh, Kevin Durant, which is always going to be a topic. I mean, it's one of the three best players in the world right now. It's kind of important. It's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Wayne Durant. KD. So anyway, just a little bit of time left, so we need to do this. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. A quick Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide on the docket tonight. Twister, 6 o'clock on IFC. I love that movie. Good that movie. movie. So Twister. good. Uh, MLB Baseball, Washington Nationals, Atlanta Bravo, 620 in Valley Sports Southeast. Beat them. 630. Philadelphia Union at D.C. United. That's on ESPN, so MLS getting some ESPN love. American Soccer. 6.30 on TNT San Andreas. 
movie. A movie about a fault line. Not quite. <laughs> the San Andreas fault. Yeah, it technically is. It yeah, technically like, is. It, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think there's like a huge earthquake. And is that The Rock? Is The Rock in San yeah, I believe it is. Okay. Yes, he is. And then Copa America, Colombia versus Paraguay, 650 on FS1. So you got to help soccer and baseball. South it's that American time of year. It's not necessarily TV, but if anybody watches The Boys, new episode today. The Boys. Uh, that's the, the finale, isn't it? Oh, man. Finale, season finale. I've never watched The Boys, but Dude, I've heard it's very good. what? Worth it. Great watch. What's the boys on? Amazing show. Uh, Amazon Prime. That's why I haven't watched it. I'll have it. Same. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. I only have Netflix and Hulu. That's why when I do movie Mondays, it's got to be in the theaters or on Netflix or Hulu. You don't have a fire stick? Nope. I I have Roku. Ah, this guy. One of these people I (laughs) am. I I have Netflix and I'm mooching off of Friends Disney Plus. Fair enough. That a boy. That'll boy. That'll do it to for be the fair. Sh- I'm mooching off of my sister's Netflix. <laughs> ah, that's fair. That's in the family. <laughs> it's in the family. That'll do it for the show day. Brant, thank you for being here. Thank have a good you for weekend. Having me. Cam, hope you have a great weekend. Yes, sir. And we hope all those that tune in and call in have a great weekend as well. For Brant Daughtry and Cam Berry, I'm Ryan Lavoy. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week.